Hey, Browns fans. This is your chance to join the company of some of the Browns' all-time greats on the first-ever Browns fan cruise. Picture this. For five unforgettable days, you're sailing across the beautiful Caribbean Sea, reliving the Browns' greatest moments, getting autographs, snapping photos, and celebrating on the beach with your favorite Browns alumni, like Josh Cripps, Webster Slaughter, Eric Metcalf, and a dozen others. Book now and take advantage of our easy, budget-friendly payment plans on this once-in-a-lifetime, all-inclusive cruise adventure. The clock's ticking, Browns fans. To book your cabin and for more information, visit brownsfancruise.com or call 216-284-6472 today. Browns Fan Cruise, where diehard fans and Browns alumni come together for the trip of a lifetime. Don't wait. Secure your spot today and go Browns! River Sportscast. The Week 18 scrimmage came and went, and now it's time for the NFL playoffs. That's right, no typos, no mistakes. Your Cleveland Browns are playing on Super Wild Card Weekend for just the third time since 1999. The seeds have been sown, and the playoff bracket is set, with the Browns set to take on a very different-looking Houston Texans team than the one we saw near the end of the regular season because making his way back into the lineup is probable Rookie of the Year, former Ohio State Buckeye, C.J. Stroud. It will be a strength on strength battle as one of the NFL's most potent offenses goes up against our top-ranked defense, with Houston coming off an emotional win to lock up their playoff berth, and the Browns coming off what feels like several weeks of rest. The drama is building in what seems to be a memorable matchup for years to come. Can the Cleveland Browns continue their regular season momentum and go 1-0 this week against the young but talented Texan squad? Does this team have the strength and the perseverance to make a significant postseason run? And is this the special group we've been waiting for to deliver just one before we die. Buckle up, Browns fans. The hell ride is just beginning and we'll break it all down for you next on the Burning River Sportscast. Like it feels like a lightning right. bolt just hit the tip of my, my penis. penis. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> Alaskan Airlines, <laughs> flight's so good it'll blow your face off. If you want a pressurized pressurize cab, it'll be an extra twelve ninety nine. The Venus flytrap, David Bell, is once again just so you know the Burning Over Sportscast Dog of the Week. You're the, you're the only one that calls it the Venus flytrap. It's the best nickname. He catches everything, anything that comes his way, he snatches it. Like we're just not that big of a podcast yet to be like he's doing it, like catches I, on. I was gonna ask him like where did this nickname come from because I I this came into this bone like, pays so little attention to our podcast. He's he literally is on the podcast and he doesn't even know where the where the nickname. Came from. That's so fetch. So um, literally just swapped quarterbacks. Basically, yeah, it's the same productions come yeah. out of both guys, <coughs> which is pretty wild. Which but. is wild because at the time people were like, "Yeah, Jared Goff can't handle like he can't handle the load as a starting quarterback," and like he he remade himself in Detroit. Jared Law, Jared Goff has proved to us that he can handle a load. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, there's there's one weather vantage that you guys have that we don't, and that's if you don't like the weather, wait 15 minutes. 
and uh, that doesn't apply here because it's pretty much you know 78 78 78 79 78 Damn, twist so it's got to be terrible <laughs> i know you're living a horrible life <laughs> run away <laughs> For everybody out there that's been discouraged about direct TV and all the negative stuff that's on social media, if you get in an airplane and fly to Honolulu, the manager of the Waikiki Brewing Company guarantees that he's going to play the game. He's got it on two different feeds. So, you know, um, don't need to worry. You can come watch with us. Foot rub, hand job. <laughs> I think their offense is packs a lot of punch, punches a lot of pack. Welcome in to a very special Browns playoff edition of the Burning River Sportscast presented by Tappan Media and brought to you by Seaside Events as the official cruise event provider of the Cleveland Browns and organizer of the Browns Fan Cruise. I'm Kenny Thunder, so excited I have to sit on my hands to keep from clapping. Joined by Sudafed's original test subject and bicentennial trumpet player, Red Hot Ronnie Jams. On the board today, the man who spent 14 months living amongst a pack of hyenas just to better understand the sounds of nature, the big bone man, Bone, what does nature sound like? To red up, two questions on this episode of the Burning River Sportscast. Who can our fans look forward to us talking to this week? Uh, we got a good one for you this week. We're going to be talking to the Honolulu Browns backers. Ooh, aloha. And number two, where can our listeners find exclusive interviews with Browns backers and former Cleveland Browns players in preparation for what is going to be the nautical event of the year put on by Seaside Events as we traverse the great Caribbean in search of riches and fun with loads of alumni and backers on board? Where Well, you can find our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. I'm talking Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Castro, Good Pods, and so many more. And don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, the only place you can find our video podcast, and also the video version of all of those interviews that you just mentioned. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. The handle for all those, including YouTube, is at Burning River Sportscast, and we are on X, the artist formerly known as Twitter as well, with the handle at Burning River Pod. And while you're at it, check out our merch, www www.thetappinmedia.com backslash shop. We've got all kinds of fun stuff in the shop. The cruise line, the chub line, cold weather gear. Uh, it's all there. Uh, we're adding more. If you're going on a cruise, get your cruise stuff. Yeah, there's good cruise stuff on there. So uh, we got flip-flops, we got swim trunks, we got bathing suits, we got everything. So everything. Uh, make sure you get all that. Uh, we will constantly be adding to it as time goes on. So just check out the shop. It's pretty dope. Um, but listen, guys, the Browns have arrived. Uh, that's right. The playoffs begin this week, and the Browns are in. And they be the playoffs actually begin with our Brownies. Hell yes. Um, Saturday at four thirty, the Browns will take on the Texans for the second time this season in Energy Stadium, and we're here for it. We are here for it. Um, so what do we have in store for you guys today? Today we've got a uh, week eighteen recap of the game of rest, as we've we like to call it, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, <laughs> Interview with the Honolulu Browns backers, as we mentioned. Uh, no interview with the Browns alumni that uh, will be joining us on the Cleveland Browns fan cruise in the second half of the show. Um, we do have one left that we need to schedule, um, but we just haven't been able to do it. Schedules are tricky. Uh, trick, they're, they're, they're tricky. People tricky, are busy. Tricky. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get back to it as soon as we can get that one nailed down. Um, in the meantime, go back and catch a few of the old ones. Great stories to be heard. And we've also started cutting those up into smaller, more digestible morsels uh, in the form of shorts and reels. So uh, check those out. Uh, and finally, we round out the show with the NFL wildcard round preview for the game against probable rookie of the year, as you mentioned, CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans. Um, Fun fact, probable rookie of the year on the offensive and defensive side of the ball for the Houston Texans. Uh, I forget what the dude's name is, the linebacker uh, for, 
for the Texans. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, you, you, is this you some looked Anderson. At, yeah, there it is. Will Will Anderson. Will Anderson. Will, yeah. Will Anderson. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, it's the playoff, guys. Fourteen teams enter, and only one team leaves. Uh, and I like our chances. So welcome to Thunderdome. Let's kick things off the right way with the Burning River news story of the week. Welcome to Thunderdome, bitch. I like it. <laughs> uh, the Burning River News story of the week this week. An Alaskan Airlines plane lost a piece of its fuselage this past week, and passengers were forced to wear their oxygen masks and deal with the loud and violent conditions of an open plane. We're really taking it to the airlines <laughs> recently. Uh, as they made their emergency landing. Uh, this thing was fucking wild. Did you guys see this? Did anybody? Did you guys see this? I did. I- I didn't click on the article, but uh, is there actually a video of it? Like of the oh yeah, that- there's there's a video of it. There's a picture of like the plane after it landed, of just like the hole in the fuselage where where the thing blew off. Uh, literally, uh, a piece that looks like it's about I don't know five feet tall by three feet wide just flew off the plane. It's basically, the size of a. a uh- the door. Yeah, throw a picture up of this um, because, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was massive. It was literally the size of a row. Like, uh, and it just came off the plane. They're just flying with an open plane. In the movies, when that happens, usually half the passengers yeah. get sucked right out. Yeah. <laughs> so nobody died? Nobody died. Nobody died wow. recently. Uh, luckily, they were on their seats or else they probably would have got sucked, got sucked out. Sucked right out. Um, what do you do really- if you're in the seat next to the hole, though? And you're like, guys, seriously? <laughs> I don't know. I think that so we'll get to that. I think that the the row where the where it happened was actually empty, um, if Ooh. I'm not mistaken. In front and behind it, um, there were people, but the row where it actually happened, I believe. But was even empty. if you're in front or behind it, oh yeah, I don't know. You'd be like, yeah. guys, we need to get out of the air. <laughs> I'd probably pass out. I, I mean, you know, I'm afraid of heights, and for some odd reason, planes don't typically bother me. But if there was a hole in one. <laughs> I would be fucking scared. Sounds, um, like a, sounds like a really good story for these folks and a really big lawsuit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. So apparently uh, the piece that flew off was is known as a door plug. Um, and basically what this is is when the plane go, is being manufactured, right? Um, some planes can be made with a door there, uh, and some planes do not need a door in that, that spot. But the fuselage is the same. So what they do is they put what's called a door plug where the door would be if you don't need the door. Um, and then it's it's fastened by uh, these big, huge fittings, um, big bolts, basically, that, that latch the thing in place. Well, the fittings are what failed, apparently, um, and this thing just got ripped off, uh, found in the backyard of somebody in, like, like, like Las Vegas or something. I don't even know where it was exactly, but uh, dude literally found just a door, a door plug in door his plug. backyard. Uh, there was also two cell phones found in yard in one in a yard and one in a, in the middle of the street. Yeah. There's definitely one flying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're like playing Tetris on your phone. Like, you even <laughs> like, like holy shit. What is gone? <laughs> like, it'd be, that's insane. Um, but yeah, the invest- investigation into this is ongoing. Um, as far as like what went wrong, uh, and they're, they're kind of looking into it and what we, what they've learned so far, uh, is that an advisory light, the plane's auto-pressurization fail light, came on three times in recent flights, and they did not know why. 
this plane was marked by Alaskan Airlines and not allowed to travel over water to Hawaii. Uh, f- is fitting for this episode. <laughs> uh, not allowed to travel over water to Hawaii until the light was inspected. Well, apparently that had not happened before the wall of the goddamn plane blew off. Um, and, and this is what we end up with. Um, isn't it? Isn't it comforting to know that airline pilots are just like you, like driving your car? You see the jet engine, like come on, they're like, yeah, it's it's probably just like nothing serious. Like he's trained to fly the plane; he's not trained to <laughs> just know no two sensor, <laughs> just yeah. no two sensor, yeah. no big deal. Get replaced. Yeah, just just why? Like, I, I think it kind of speaks to uh, to like everybody thinks that planes are like super regulated, which they have a lot of regulations, but. Stuff like this isn't uncommon. Like the whole side of the plane blowing off is uncommon. But right. but like I'm just saying, like it's things happen all the time where you hear of like a bolt or something got sheared off of a plane yep. or like whatever. Landing gear falls off. Yeah, like yeah. like it just seems like they should probably check these planes more often. So this is what I always talk about. Like think about the amount of times like like weekly I'll have to reboot my computer because like it'll just forget what it's doing. A plane is one big computer. Like, what happens if you get to 30,000 feet and you're like, uh, Jim, we're going to have to reboot it. We forgot to restart this before we got going. We got to clear the cache before this thing can keep going. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, like the, like a like a whole fucking wall? Gone. In an instant. So, it, but it, it, the, the, the uh, investigation, again, like I was saying, so they found out that this, this sensor has come on three times uh, and they made sure it couldn't fly over water just in case. Well, they also apparently made sure nobody was sitting in that row. Because <laughs> they were like, uh, the whole side of the plane might pop off at yeah, any time. Yeah, they so, might fly right out. Um, so, Bone, to your point, I think a big lawsuit is in the works yeah. uh, for pretty much everybody on that plane is probably going to get paid. I mean, is it class action at that point? There's probably like, I don't know, like 75 what, people on the plane at least. What's the minimum for class action? Uh, I'm not, not a lawyer. Maybe, they, maybe they'll just, they're just going to get a settlement right off the rip and just be like, hey, folks, here's uh, 100 grand. Here's a lifetime flying pass. Yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah, something. <laughs> you can fly whenever you want. Alaskan Airlines. <laughs> Where the where the walls fly off? I think Alaskan is actually affiliated with Spirit because I think that they, oh that explains it. I think that, that explains it. Spirit is bullshit. The, there was two facilities that it may have come out of that they were investigating what happened, and one of them was a Spirit a Boeing Spirit facility. So that um, explains it. Yeah, yeah, jump on. We don't we don't need door plugs. Yeah, <laughs> who needs a pressurized cabin? Alaskan Airlines <laughs> flight's so good it'll blow your face off. If you want pressure? <laughs> if you want a pressurized cabin, it'll be an extra twelve ninety nine. How many people followed the rules and masked themselves before they masked their kids? I don't what do you guys know. think? I mean, that's probably a really good like sociological experiment to yeah. know. Like, Check the footage. How many people did it? Check the footage. <laughs> Save yourselves! The, well, the bad part about the footage is, uh, so like the video that's online is from like a couple rows back and like the other side of the plane and they're just like filming yeah. it. There's just a big hole over there and they're flying and everybody's got their masks on. So I think that the the... Video didn't start until it had yeah. like, happened. Like, Can you imagine just how cold that plane probably got? Like, instantly? oh my god, it was so cold. <laughs> That's right. It's just terrible conditions to fly in. You know, you're missing the side of the plane. <laughs> and like, I don't know. I've never been a part of an emergency landing before, but like, I have to imagine emergency landing isn't like they just take you out of the sky. Like, they it probably takes at least fifteen to twenty minutes even to make an emergency landing. Or you're just flying around like that with the hole in a plane. Yeah, because it takes a while yeah, to get I, out of the sky. I have no idea. I know there's well, more. Like, they were, I know they had. They were on their way to whatever the destination was, and they had to turn around and go back to the airport that they came from. So yeah, okay, must have been the closest spot. Because I mean, you think around here, there's like just random air air uh, strips and stuff. Right. Like, like who who makes that calculation real quick? Like, 
Well, the thing is, like, the the passengers, it takes this long to freeze, so. I guess that did. (laughs) We have about 41 minutes to get these guys on the ground before they're all icicles. And they probably needed so much runway to, to land safely. They, they, all, they all landed, and it was like uh, it was like Dumb and Dumber, where like they're riding the motorcycle, and like they're just frozen, <laughs> frozen to each yeah. other. Yeah, um, you have to imagine too. Like to your point, Bone. Like there are like random like air, like a Kent State has an airfield and stuff. But yeah. like I don't think they're big enough for those bigger planes. Well, not only are they probably not big enough, they're probably not equipped to handle like an actual disaster. Like if the, if the plane had if the if the Depressurization of the plane caused the plane to crash on. Like, what are the Kent State landing. students going to do? <laughs> yeah, like there's there's no fire trucks there to like put it out. Like, yeah. so they probably do have to go back. We'd to call the fire trucks from like 14 counties around. <laughs> they probably do have to go back to like a specific airport. Like, what do you? Just, we're just flying around with a hole in the plane for 40 minutes to yeah, find our airport. I don't know. This is fucking crazy. Hey, man. kudos to the pilots for for landing the plane. Yeah, get everybody off safely. Good, get on them. Uh, you know what's crazier than that though? The Browns in the playoffs? Hell yes. <laughs> so let's get into it. The Week 18 Recap. Woo. Guys, listen, I got, I got real excited and said the Week 18 Recap. This is the boring part of our show. If you want to fast forward, I don't usually condone this, but go ahead. I don't even want to do this part yeah, of the show. I'm going to speed through it. Skip so, it. Uh, the Cleveland, <laughs> skip it. <laughs> uh, the Cleveland Browns uh, played their backups, uh, their backup starters so their starting backups could rest going into the postseason, and we finally found where the depth of this team draws the line, and that's fifth string. Yep. Um, so the Browns lost, obviously, 31-14. This game was not exciting. I think everyone appreciated the time off as we uh, get ready to help wheel our Brownies to a championship run. They got some time off. We got some time off. It was great. Um, Still feel bad in real time watching it. Yeah. Just because they'd been so good all year, and you were just like, yeah, they could probably mm-hmm. pull this out, and it was just No, they, no they didn't. Uh, so we'll start the, like we always do with our opponents, Cincinnati Bengals. Like I said, I'm going to go fast. So if you have anything to throw in, just go ahead and, and speak up, boys. But uh, – if not, I'm just going to run through this. So uh, Jake Browning, 18 of 24, 156 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, two rushes, 18 yards. Joe Mixon, the uh, best part of the Bengals, I think, uh, in this game. Uh, 14 carries, 111 yards, one touchdown, one catch for six yards and a touchdown. And uh, see, Joe Mixon is good when he's playing backup backups. Uh, my mom, I was watching the game with my mom. She was like, that guy's fast. I was like, no, he's not. <laughs> Yeah, he's fast when he's, he's playing fast. fifth string. Yeah, he's fast because they're backups. Uh, next up, Andre Iosivas. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. Five receptions, 36 yards, two touchdowns. I did think his one touchdown was bullshit. Well, um, the one where they had stripped him as he was uh, yeah. on the ground. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, how many times have we seen that play? Like, the, the, like, you have to control the ball all the way through the catch. Only if you're out of bounds. I've seen, I just, no. it, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't make sense. I feel like you should have to control the ball the whole, the whole, the whole time. time. Right. I feel like I've seen that call reversed a hundred times for guys not controlling the catch. This always goes back to nobody in the NFL knows what a catch nobody is. Nobody knows what a catch is. Yeah, well, like so. what you were saying, though, is what I'm saying. Somebody drags their toe, gets the touchdown, right? That should be the end of it. And then they right. drop like the ball two, out of like bounds, and they are, say it's not a catch. Right. Like, like if you already right. completed the catch with the yes. toe drag. Yes. Right. I agree. So. That's a whole other can of worms. But anyways, uh, Charlie Jones, three receptions, 49 yards. Jamar Chase, who's been talking a lot of shit randomly at the end of this season for no reason whatsoever. Uh, four receptions for 19 yards. He didn't do anything. He did get his four catches, though, which was he needed to get to 100 on the season. So F him. Good job, buddy. Uh, their defense, three sacks, two turnovers forced, both interceptions. And their special teams, Evan McPherson was one-on-one field goals, four of four extra points, uh, which will take us to <clears throat> our brownies. On offense, Jeff Driscoll became the fifth starting quarterback of the season for the Cleveland Browns, and he was ass. Ass. Uh, 13 of 26 for 166 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, seven rushes, 33 yards. In his defense, 
we didn't play like anybody, so it is what it is. No, yeah, I mean, the, uh, he was pressured all day. Look, I expect, I expected more of him just because he's a veteran guy that's been around for a while. Um, the guy started 10 games in the NFL. He kind of saved his day there with the two touchdowns to David Bell at the end of the day. But, but like, leading up to that, like, he was absolute ass. Yeah. I mean, he could not move the ball at all, so. Uh, it was basically like when we were in offense, we were just just going through the downs to get yeah, the ball back to Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, running backs for the Browns, Pierre Strong, as we uh, thought, got a lot more carries. 14 carries for 65 yards. Solid day for him. A yep. um, little underwhelming. I thought they would actually give him the rock more, but I guess when you're down early well, like that, like, that what was, are you going to do? Well, that was my question, too, is like if, if – that was the one thing I thought would make sense was to just run the ball thirty times in this game. Like, like even even if you're down, like who cares? Like you get him some touches and I mean, at least see then, what at least then you keep the clock rolling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jerome Ford did get in there three carries for six yards, so he did not <clears throat> disappoint with his two yards per carry. Um, <laughs> wide receivers David Bell four receptions for sixty eight yards and two touchdowns. And we'll talk more about him here shortly. Uh, and then Cedric Tillman, three receptions for 43 yards. Uh, Which actually was one of the big casualties of the day because he ended up getting put into the concussion protocol. So yeah, so sucks to lose a guy that's productive before the playoffs to concussion protocol. Yeah, hopefully. In a uh, game, it doesn't matter. Yeah, hopefully he's uh, uh, back by Saturday. That's a little <clears> – any more in the NFL, it's tough to come back quicker than seven days. Yeah, he's so. probably not going to be back, I said. Um but on defense for the Browns, uh, defense looks suspect, uh, but it was a mix of guys just meant to field a team for the day. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Um, Tony Fields, the second, had 10 tackles. Jordan Kunichik, uh eight tackles for – or I'm sorry, eight tackles, uh, two tackles for loss. Uh, the extra playing time for these guys could prove – Invaluable. So and that's what um, I kept telling myself during the game was like they're going to make mistakes in this game that if they get if they get called upon to play in like the even playoffs, for a short period of time at least yeah. this is like somebody gets some growing an ankle yeah. or something and you need to come in for, to spot them. Um, you have guys that at least have some more game experience under their belt. Now. I I agree. Uh, Deron Harmon, uh, seven tackles, two tackles for loss and a sack. Uh, DeAnthony Bell, six tackles, one tackle for loss and an inter- interception. Uh, Alex Wright and Isaiah McGuire, one sack each in the secondary. Uh, the secondary did get burned a few times, but only gave up 156 yards. So I think they were pretty solid on the day overall. Um, the run killed us uh, far more than the pass did in this game. Uh, yeah, we the, couldn't really stop anything. The defensive line was just non-existent in this game. Yeah. So most of those guys, uh, the starters, anyways, getting a re- the the starters or the backup starters or whatever you want to call them, were getting a rest. So right. Uh, and then special teams, Riley Patterson was perfect on the day, two for two extra points, which is good to see because uh, he missed one uh, a week before. Well, and we're we're gonna probably have to play him into the playoffs. Yeah, so. which sucks. Uh, feels real bad. N- nothing against Riley Patterson, but he's not Dustin <coughs> Hopkins. So he did make um, <coughs> at the end of last season. He did make the winning kick in the Jaguars playoff game. I think in the wild card round. That's true. That's true. Um, coaching, I'm not even talking about this uh, for this game other than to say this. Uh, they made the right decision in this one to rest all the starters, uh, to rest the starting backups to try and get healthy for the playoffs. Um, I mean, as you mentioned, Cedric Tillman uh, went into concussion protocol. Um, that could have been a, that could have been a big, I mean, not that we would love to have Cedric Tillman for the game because he's a solid depth piece at sure. wide receiver. Um, but at least that wasn't like, you, you know, like an Elijah Moore. Yeah, I mean, um, look, this game was exactly what it, it was built to be, which is this was a, a scrimmage by all accounts for um, getting young guys some playing time um, with no intent to really win. Yeah. So, so like I said, I mean, they did. They did. <clears throat> it was kind of what we expected it to be. So yeah. there was really not much to say about the coaching there. Uh, but overall, total yards: Cleveland two forty four, Cincinnati three twenty eight. First downs: Cleveland thirteen, Cincinnati twenty two. 
Uh, time of possession, Cleveland 24-14, Cincinnati 35-46. Penalties, Cleveland 7 for 35, Cincinnati 1 for 10. How do you only get one penalty? That means the refs were ass. Uh, <laughs> turnovers, Cleveland 2, Cincinnati 1. How much are they paying you? Yeah, so uh, the game, like we just mentioned, is exactly uh, what we thought it would be going into it. Uh, did we all pick the Browns to win? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but I think this was just us being overly optimistic and, and honestly just hating the Bengals so much. They're the worst. Uh, but this game didn't mean anything, and so it doesn't matter. I think the players knew that. And when they got down early, to my point earlier, I, th- I think they were just like, yeah, whatever. The only thing that sucks is like you you just give up a win in like the Battle of Ohio standings. Yeah. Just for no reason. Fair. Yeah, but... Um, and it kept it, it allowed the Bengals, which is good for the conference. But I'm not really into the whole like this is good for the conference in the NFL because it's not like college football. Um, but the entire AFC North finished above 500, which we'll mention again. So, um, which is the first time since the 1930s, which is pretty cool. Which is like before the NFL was even in, in existence. So, yeah. <laughs> for any division or just for any, yeah, yeah. This, is, this is the first time any divisions finished above 500. All off all the teams in the division wow. since the 1930s, which is pretty wild. So, like I said. Good for the division. Not that I care about that because in the NFL, I don't care about the rest of our division. It just validates, though, that like we have a we tougher, play in the we, best division, we have a tougher road to get there than most teams. Yeah. Well, and that's why, uh, and, and I know we talked about this off air, and we'll probably mention it again later in the episode somewhere. But um, the the national media is starting to give us some respect because they're like, this, How can team's, you not? this team's been hurt. Like most people actually woke up and are, are picking Kevin Stefanski for a coach of the year. Um, but it's like, how can you not? They've been they've been battling injuries, all kinds of adversity all year long. And somehow they just keep winning. They ended up 11 and six in the AFC. First of all, the AFC, not even talking about the AFC North, the AFC itself is obviously the better conference of the two. Oh, and, and you think about some of the games that we kind of gave away early in the season that you shouldn't have lost. I mean, you were right there. You were in, you potentially, if Joe Flacco played all year long, he potentially would have been a one seed. Yeah. <laughs> like pretty if easily. Nick Ch- if Nick Chubb didn't get Nick hurt, was definitely healthy. a yeah. one seed. I mean, you were right there with, with the yep. top teams in the AFC this year. Yep. And we beat both number one seeds in case anyone wasn't, you know, the only paying attention team to beat both of them. Yeah. And so they're finally giving us some respect. And then on top of that, you mentioned we're in the AFC North. So we're, we play the toughest teams <clears throat> twice a year. Yep. I mean, hell two other ones are in the playoffs and we'll get into all that here in a minute. But I mean, it's just, just, insane that the Browns have done what they've done this season or 11 and six going into the playoffs in the top uh, wildcard team for the AFC with a quarter of your team on injured reserve, yeah. your quarterback, <laughs> four quarterbacks, Nick Chubb. I mean, five quarterbacks, just a, I know Jeff Driscoll was kind of just a throw in at the end, but five quarterbacks started this season. Yeah, he was ass. Uh, but another Browns news here, quite a bit of injury news that I wanted to talk about, but I'm going to save it. I know you get you don't like it when I take your injury report. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so I'm gonna save that for later. Uh, we have some good news, uh, mostly good news. I think um, there's a couple things that are that are not great, but uh, we got some good injury news this week. <clears throat> uh, and then the Browns uh, gave Joe Flacco a seventy five thousand dollar bonus uh, that he gets for each win, despite not playing this week, because they kind of figured, hey, he you got us to the he would have won anyway. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, classy move by the Browns there. Nice to see. Um, and then, finally, for other Browns news, the Browns enter the playoffs at plus 3,000 odds to win the Super Bowl. Uh, still don't really understand how odds work. Um, I'll be honest with you. But that equates to a 3.2% chance. Of the 14 teams, they have the ninth best chances, so kind of right in the middle there, a little bit towards the back. Uh, but all this, according to DraftKings, who we are not affiliated with because they're a bunch of asshats and won't uh, 
won't won't sponsor us. So um, and or haven't sponsored. And us. I think depending on where you look, um, some some have the Browns ranked higher than that. I think uh, the power rankings, the last power rankings that came out from uh, you know ESPN and the big the big outlets, have the Browns ranked in the top two three teams. So. Um, look, this is not this is not a typical year. Where the Browns make the playoffs, and you're like, man, we squeezed our way in. We just snuck in. Uh, this team's got a legitimate look. At oh the, yeah, at the whole thing. Oh yeah, I mean, we're the Browns are good, man. They're actually good, and people are it's, starting. Like, to I can't see even. It. We came in. Like, it doesn't even feel right saying it, but they're no. good. Bone, how do you feel about that? It's 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 amazing. It's <laughs> it's literally weird. I was talking about it with a guy at work. It's like you've never been had a year where you're like you can say I'm not just being an optimistic Browns fan like this is like the real deal like and the, the numbers back it up the wins back it up what they've done back it's, backs all this up like it feels like a lightning right. bolt just hit the tip of my, my penis. penis right yeah. <laughs> right uh, and so with that uh, let's talk about the Burger Man Sports Guest Dog of the Week hoo time we step on there on Sunday and be ready to attack and don't stop until uh, we're in that locker room. Right, this bur- this week's Burning River Sportscast Dog of the Week is the Venus Flytrap, David Bell. <laughs> the Venus been- Flytrap himself. I've been waiting for this one, boys. Uh, <laughs> four targets, four receptions, 68 yards, and two touchdowns. Basically, half the time you throw it to him, he's scoring a touchdown. <laughs> uh, he scored the only two touchdowns for the Browns in this meaningless game. Um, and I will say this. He was given the same opportunity uh, to stand out as Cedric Tillman, and Bell came away looking better. I will... Little caveat there that that uh, Cedric Tillman went down with a concussion. Um, yeah, and David but, Bell's t- touchdowns came in garbage time. So wow, there's shit all over my boy. Look, no, look, I'm not saying. I mean, was, look, David <laughs> Bell's still a young receiver on this team. Good to see him get some action. Good to see him come down with balls in the end zone and hold on to them. Um, I That's just like think, three touchdowns on the season. I just think though. he's been a disappointment overall from what. What we thought. I didn't think he was going to be like a twelve hundred yard. Dog of the week segment supposed to be building up David Bell, and you're just shitting all over. This week he was the dog of the week. He was the dog, uh, the uh, literal dog for the season. Wow. (laughs) Right. Wow. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Hit him right in the heart. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. Like I was excited for the fly trap. He's not approaching Anthony Schwartz territory. Like I still like the guy. I'm just saying. Like nobody's Anthony Schwartz. (laughs) I'm just saying. Like I expected that we would see more of his name during the season, and we didn't. That's fair. That's a fair assessment. Uh, but regardless, uh, the Venus flytrap, David Bell, is once again, just so you know, the Burning Over Sportscast Dog of the Week. You're the, you're the only one that calls it the Venus flytrap. It's the best nickname. <laughs> he catches everything. 
Anything that comes his way, he snatches it. Like we're just not that big of a podcast yet to be like he's the one that like catches I, on. I was gonna ask him like where did this nickname come from because I I came That's, into this bone like, pays so little attention to our podcast. He's he literally is on the podcast and he doesn't even know where the where the nickname came from. That's so fetch. Oh my god! Stop trying to make fetch happen. Listen, the Venus flytrap will catch on. It will happen. Uh, but that'll take us to the division roundup. That's so fetch. Uh, Quit saying fetch, Gretchen. It's never going to catch on. Happen. It's never the second happen. Mean Girls coming out. I know. It's, it's, a, it's, it's the re- same it's one. Musical. Right, yeah, yeah. It's a musical. Uh, <laughs> anyways, for the division roundup, uh, the Ravens lost to the Steelers this week. Um, and so I was right. Kenny was wrong with his pick. Uh, and Bone was right on that pick again. So um, you're really bad at picking. Look, I was just trying to catch up, okay? Sure I were. was picking sure opposites. Were. <laughs> uh, so what year. happened with this one? The Browns lost to the Bengals, and we were all wrong. I like the Browns. Well, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> so for the AFC North, the final standings this year, uh, Baltimore won the AFC North 13-4. and Cleveland 11 and 6, Pittsburgh 10 and 7. All three of those teams made the playoffs. Cincinnati uh, 9 and 8 were eliminated uh, last week before they even played us this week. Uh, so three teams again from the AFC North made the playoffs. Everyone finished above 500. First time since when? The 1930s. Nice. Um, and we will get into the final standings for King of the North in just a little bit. But for now, let's take a quick trip around the NFL. <laughs> So the playoffs are set, guys. Uh, in the AFC, we've got in order the Ravens, uh, the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Houston Texans, the Cleveland Browns, the Miami Dolphins, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and then in the NFC, we've got the San Francisco 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys, the Detroit Lions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Philadelphia Eagles, the LA Rams, and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, so with those teams and everybody being set, does anybody stick out to you guys? Besides the Browns, obviously, we all know the Browns are the team of destiny, but uh, this is a team of destiny. Uh, but besides them, <clears throat> does anybody, any team stick out to, to either of you guys? I'm sure Kenny's going to go with the Cowboys because he loves them. Um, yeah, look, I've said all year, I think the Dallas Cowboys have been playing better football than they have in years past. I think that offense is really good. I think C.D. Lamb is really, really good. Um, I think they're one of those teams that can can blow you out um, rather easily. So it kind of depends on what their defense is. But they got the good defense, too, Micah Parsons and them. like that. They're no slouch on defense. It's just sometimes they... Uh, uh, they just they've had hard times beating good teams this year. So had a really hard time um, beating good teams. We'll see what this year. that means for the I think playoffs. Like two wins against. Good but teams. I think Dallas is good. Um, look, as I look around this playoff set, like there's not a team that scares me as a Cleveland Browns fan. Oh, um, honestly, like I think we the beat teams, both number one seeds. I think the teams in our division on our side, the Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers, are probably the two toughest outs. To be honest with you, yeah. Pittsburgh now, has been on TJ, fire lately. Now TJ so. Watts got the injury, but they're saying he may even play with the mid grade. Uh, I thought I saw today that they ruled him out. Um, 
I, as far as I know right now, they were still, still <laughs> tentative to play. But Bone, get us get us an update on that whenever you get a chance. But first, tell me for TJ Watt. Yeah. yeah, last I heard it was he's gonna be out this week. That's what I heard too. Yeah. So, um, anybody stick out to you? I talked about it before the show, but I think the I like the LA Rams offense. I just think they're they got a lot of really good players, and Matt Stafford still can sling. What a what a tough draw for Detroit in the first round too to get to get Matt Stafford who's playing against his former team. Um, and there's a little ac- extra like emotion in that. And Matt Stafford's not a bad quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. So um, I just saw something this week too because I was actually going through. Um, since the trade, I saw um, since the trade in 2021 between the Rams and the Lions, Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff each have 24 wins. Each have completed 66% of their passes. <laughs> Stafford, 75 pass touchdowns. Goff, 78. Turnovers, 41 each. Passer rating, 95. <laughs> so I literally point, just swapped quarterbacks. 95.8, 96.5 for Goff. So Goff's been just slightly, ever so slightly better. So um, I literally just swapped quarterbacks. But basically, yeah, it's the same productions yeah. come out of both guys. <coughs> Which is pretty wild. Which but. is wild because at the time, people were like, yeah, Jared Goff can't handle like can't handle the load as a starting quarterback. And like he's, he remade himself in Detroit. Jared, Law, Jared Goff has proved to us that he can handle a load. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... Uh, another tough draw on that side uh, is your your boy Baker. Uh, tough draw for the Buccaneers getting the Eagles, huh? But you've you've said all season that the Eagles have something bad going on in their locker room. Well, not all season, but in the last month or two, they've had some some issues there. There's people questioning whether Jalen Hurts is the long term answer at quarterback. Um, look, Baker had a nice year down there and kind of a bridge year for both him and the Buccaneers who were in cap hell, but did throw for four thousand yards, twenty eight touchdowns. Um, you know, we're we'll talking. See. It's probable that they're going to. Bring him back on a longer term deal. Yeah, I think they. What I've seen so far is they're looking at maybe a two year deal that's upwards of like two, 40, 40 million dollars. I saw or like so, two to three, yeah, which would be which would be a nice deal for him. Um, I can't imagine he turns that down at this point in his career. No, um, yeah, you can't, right? But, you can't unless he finds somebody that's willing to pay him thirty million a year. But uh, even but, even but with him, I mean, even with having year. a decent season and whatever, like I, you know. I don't know that there's any any suitors that are going to give him more than that. So no, but he had a nice year. And the thing is, Steve Bay is a lot like the Browns in terms of their history. They don't have a ton of prolific passers except for Tom Brady. Um, so like, <laughs> that one time Tom Brady came in at halftime and uh, and, and and the Buccaneers won a Super Bowl. Bowl. Basically, with the year that Baker had, he's like second out of Tom Brady in like a lot of their like all time season records lists. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> And they got a home playoff game. And they got so. a home playoff game. Jameis Winston probably has a few still because he played there a while. And he, th- he, even though he threw a lot of interceptions, he threw for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, uh, he was okay. <laughs> I, I don't think he was a great quarterback. I just it came like he would throw for thirty touchdowns, but he would also throw thirty interceptions. So. He was a good touchdowns, interceptions, no in between there. He was yep. a good quarterback. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he was a good quarterback this weekend when he went rogue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, but uh, the Broncos, uh, uh, another story. We're getting out of the, the playoffs here uh, now that we've talked about which teams uh, stick out to you guys. For me, um, I guess I didn't throw this in there, but uh, to me, I'm going to be honest, there's really nobody that, that sticks out. I think it's a very even playing field in the playoffs this year. Like, There's not one team that I'm looking at and saying uh, that that's going to be really tough for – any really anybody else well, in the can, playoffs to beat? Like you can make a case for just about everybody. The only one right. that I kind of can't. But then make you can a, also make a case against them. Like even even the 49ers who have been playing out of their mind uh, leading up to the playoffs and a lot, you know for a, most of the season, they they had a stretch earlier this year where they were ass for like yeah. three or four weeks. The only 
Yeah, the only team that I really can't make a case for is like Houston, just because you have a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. I think it's tough to go all the way through the playoffs that way. Yeah, but they're, like, they're just too young. But like their Green, time is not now. Green Bay probably would have been the next they're not weakest. John Cena. Green Bay would have probably been the next weakest on the in that lot, but they've been playing some of the best football in the league the last two three weeks. Yeah, so yeah. plus um, Jair Alexander's just out of his mind. He's I just, think I think Jordan Love is something like sixteen and one touchdown to interception ratio through December. That's, that's so pretty good. He was best in the NFL. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, but no, uh, next up here, the Broncos have left the door open for Russell Wilson to return. Uh, I don't actually see this happening, but they <laughs> they said they're open to bringing him back. Um, and I think the only reason they said that is because they realized how much money they stand to lose if they get rid of Russell, Russell Wilson. So you guys well, have a, any thoughts on this? I know a, I know Bone Bone thinks Russell still tussles even though he's washed. But uh, Flee. Flee, Russell. Go somewhere. <laughs> Run. Go to greener pastures. Run away! <laughs> I think, um, yeah, to your point, like you look at it and you start to go, okay, do we want to lose $90 million in cap space? Or is there a way, is there a possibility that we could fix Russell Wilson? And Well, the weird thing is... You have to at least consider it, right? I still think that Russell Wilson is washed, so take this, what I'm about to say, with a grain of salt, but... Um, I mean, he didn't have a terrible season. No. Like, it wasn't his was, fault that your team was ass. I mean, I think that he's washed, he very, and I think the Broncos are ass, but it wasn't his fault that you were ass. He was very middle of the road. Yeah. Um, but, so yeah, he's not the worst quarterback in the NFL, and when you're looking at $90 million in dead cap... Plus, how are you going to cut ties with them? I mean, Bronco, Broncos country, let's, let's ride. ride. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, next up here, uh, Black Monday... Did the, not disappoint. No, it did not. In the worst week... Of the sea of the year for NFL coaches is upon us. Um, these are the current firings through Wednesday evening. Mike Vrabel, head coach of the Titans, fired. Arthur Smith, head coach of the Falcons, fired. Ron Rivera, head coach of the Commanders, fired. Pete Carroll, head coach of the Seahawks, resigned. 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 He resigned, and he will become an later. advisor for see the later, team. Pete. Uh, so that makes seven head coaching vacancies as these teams join the Panthers, Raiders, and Chargers. All of all of which uh, coaches midseason fired. <laughs> and so, uh, look, I, I think there's going to be more. New England's still expected to part ways with Bill Belichick in the coming days or weeks or however long it takes. Um, uh, and with Bill, I mean, just, just so everybody knows, three out of the four seasons since Brady left, uh, they've had losing seasons, and that just doesn't fly in, in, in New England. In so, Beantown? Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> The Bears did decide today, actually, that they are going to keep Matt Eberflus. Eberflus. But they did fire their offensive coordinator. Uh, uh, Eberflus is 10-24 and in two seasons. The Bears are going to be one of the most interesting offseason watches because of their draft capital. Well, yeah, and and their their quarterback situation, they can go either way. their quarterback situation. Right? I mean, you know, Caleb Williams is out there. Um, But I'm going to be honest. I'm going to say this now. I've said it. A couple times before, I think Caleb Williams is a bust waiting to happen, um, and I don't think you have a bad quarterback there in Justin Fields. No. I think you've had bad coaching there. Yeah, um, yeah, the coaching has not been great. And they haven't really surrounded him with with anybody. I mean, they got DJ Moore, but besides that, what do you got? Mooney, great. Um, <laughs> they don't yeah, have no, a good offensive line. They don't made, have. They've, they've made some bad trades because they made the trade for the Pittsburgh wide receiver. Um, oh yeah, no. Uh, uh, Claiborne. Uh, Claiborne, yeah. Um, they've made some bad trades that didn't help out Justin Fields at all. No. Um, but, um, yeah, real interesting is just to see, I think, what they're going to do in the offseason. Caleb Williams is certainly in a lot of commercials. Um, <laughs> he's got the Baker thing going on. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know that. 
I don't know. I mean, like just watching the college football playoffs the last couple of weeks, like there's guys that are to me just as good as he is. Yeah, I agree. And their team lost four games, and they were favored to be like <sighs> a top four team this year. Well, yeah, he was he was favored to be the top player in the country this year. Not even close. No. So I I don't know. I just I get the that sometimes that can happen, and you still end up being a great col- or a great NFL quarterback, but. I mean, I don't know. I just, I just don't understand all the hype around this kid. I just, and the other thing too is surprising to me is ten and twenty four with Eberflus. Um, like you're not coming back from that. Apparently, like, he is. You're, I mean, he's coming back <laughs> this year, but like he's not going to be. He's not going to. He'll, he'll get fired next year, probably because um, they'll probably because they'll, they'll probably win five games again. Because they'll either start a rookie quarterback or they'll start Justin Fields and still not surround him with the talent that he needs. Right. So, I agree. Um, totally agree. Be done next year. Um, next up, uh, Wink Martindale. Who names their kid Wink, by the way? Uh, but Wink Martindale, uh, defense coordinator for the New York Giants, has also resigned. resigned. Uh, this thing was getting pretty wiggity. I don't know if you, anybody followed like what was going on over here, but uh, basically, after the season ended, Kevin and Drew Wilkins, who Martindale brought from the Ravens, were both fired by Dayball and the Giants. Uh, Drew Wilkins is Martindale's right-hand man like all throughout his career, right? Uh, so after he learned of the firings, Martindale just went in, cussed out Dayball, slammed the door left, and just went home to Florida. He was like, fuck this, I'm going home. Uh, <laughs> fuck this shit about it here. Literally didn't talk to the team or anything. Nobody knew what was going on for two days, and then finally he, he uh, decided to call in and resign. Um, but part of the reason why everybody was saying he didn't resign right away was because if he resigned, the Giants would be able to block him from going to another team because he was technically still under contract. Uh, well, I guess they worked all that out, probably because both sides didn't want any part of each other, and they said, we're not going to block you, just get out of here. Uh, so he did resign. Um, he's expected to have a lot of options uh, as far as coaching. Uh, he's a pretty sought-after name yep. uh, in the NFL. So. Um, yeah, we get a story there for sure. Yeah, it was it was crazy following along, and and it would have just been even crazier if they decided to actually block him, and they were like, "Nah, you can't go work anywhere." Sorry about it. <laughs> and the interesting thing about the Giants is, um, I mean, most of their problems were on offense. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, why are you firing two two defensive coaches okay. when when your offense was asked? Like, they're going to return Dayball and they're like, I remember this time Dayball. last year they were all talking about uh, uh, what's his name Jones, uh, 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 the quarterback Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Uh, that's how that's how far he's fallen. I don't even know his name anymore. Daniel Jones. <laughs> uh, they were all talking about like him being the next big <clears throat> thing in New York, and and here we are, Danny Dimes. Yeah, um, he's ass. <laughs> yeah, not good. So, um, but. Yeah, just surprising that I think Dayball was one of those guys that was probably on the on the hot seat there, um, yep. but apparently not. Yep. And then uh, finally, speaking of coaches uh, that are no more, this is not an NFL related story, but big football news nonetheless. Nick Saban, head coach of Alabama, is retiring. Uh, End of an era. It really yeah. is. Uh, this is going to make big waves in college in the college football scene. Um, and like this, this gets pretty serious, right? Because so, college football is pretty crazy now with transfers and everything yep. else. So how many kids are going to transfer? Because one of the like the transfer thing is pretty much over at this point. But one of the things that can allow for kids to transfer is if a coach leaves. Yep. Um, so do they open it up again and do a bunch of Alabama players transfer to different schools? Um, not only that, like what will happen to the program? There's all this uh, recruiting that he's done, everything else. Like are those kids coming in going to decommit and recommit elsewhere? Um, is the dynasty official? Like is it done? Or are they going to find somebody that can take this thing <clears throat> over and still kind of carry on? I- you know the 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 baton. I think that's the question, right? Like for a guy that is Nick Saban, 
to replace him. I mean, you're, you're replacing Like, how do you right? replace I mean, it? Like, you can't. It's like Tom Brady. How do you even come Patriots? close? Yeah. Well, and, and to a lesser extent, I mean, <sighs> I'm not putting Urban Meyer quite in the same category as as uh, Nick Saban. Um, Urban Meyer was a very good college but coach. But he's the type of name you would need. Yeah, but, well, I'm just saying, like, he's a very good college coach, and... I mean, even when they replaced him with Ryan Day, who we've all kind of grown to accept, and, and you know, he can't beat Michigan, which is a big problem. And, you know, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about I mean, that eventually. I mean, the thing about Ryan Day is Ryan Day, despite the fact that he can't beat Michigan, is like 56 and 8 as a head coach. Right. That's so what I'm saying. So, like, like that's the kind of production you're going to need to at least, like, kind of smooth this over and, and start keeping some of your recruits and, and all of that stuff. Like, I mean, the only thing I could think is that you could, especially with these, these NFL departures, uh, maybe a guy like Mike Vrabel, a Ron Rivera yeah. coming out of the NFL, yeah. could keep some of those commits there. Um, yeah. But, I mean, all you got to do is say, you want to go to the NFL? I know how to get there. Right. So, I mean, you almost need a big name like that. Um, it'd be interesting to see what I they mean, do. I guess but, I didn't even think about it before I said it, but Urban Meyer? Urban Meyer could be a choice to go there for sure. Um, I, look, it's got to it's gotta be a, a name like that. I mean, if they just pick some, if they pick a Ryan Day out of their organization. Well, we all know Urban Meyer. Uh, Urban Meyer's done coaching until he's not. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. But if they pick a, a Ryan Day out of their organization and just promote him, I think you, I think that program's dead. You think so? I think it's dead. I think they have At to, least for the foreseeable you future, have to right? You got to completely name. rebuild. Yeah. You got to bring in somebody that people know. Like Ryan Day at least was on the staff for years and like like people around the organization and around around Ohio State knew who he was and knew he was being groomed for that position and everything else. Um, but, I mean, I guess I'm not an Alabama fan, so I don't know if they have one of those. Well, and Ryan Day came in right before NIL. Yeah. So things were a little different when that started, and that gave him a chance to build credibility of his own. Well, to that point, I mean, I think what this says for Alabama is boosters are going to be busy. <laughs> Very busy. <laughs> I mean, they got to be paying out lots of money to be keeping these Whining players there. and dining everybody. Oh, yeah. Um, but that will conclude our trip around the NFL. Kenny, mahalo. Mahalo. Aloha. You want to talk to some Browns backers? Uh, pancake. <laughs> Aloha. Aloha. All right. So, so it was something uh, that we started doing this year uh, is our Browns backers interview series. Uh, what we wanted to do was highlight Browns backers from around the country. We wanted to do it for several reasons. Uh, these people are all diehard Browns fans and love our Brownies regardless of their record. That part is the obvious part. Uh, they come and cheer for the Browns, rain or shine, no matter what's going on. Uh, but we also wanted to highlight that most people, what most people might not know about the Browns backers, um, and that's all the good work they do around their community through community service, charity work, uh, those types of things. So with that, let's go ahead and get into the next interview in the series. Powered by Riverside FM. Okay, so this week for our Browns Backers interview series, we get to talk with Lee from the Honolulu Browns Backers. Lee, thanks for joining us. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. Aloha, fellas. Aloha. Yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> we were hoping be, we would learn some Hawaiian like uh, words and cheers. Throughout that, that'll be a whole segment here later in the interview. We'll just uh, you know tell us what we can start saying to all of our friends. Um, no, but, but uh, as we get started here, I mean, uh, just thank you for your time. I know everybody's busy, so we really appreciate it. But 
to get us started, tell us a little bit about your chapter. Okay, so um, the Honolulu Browns backers were formed in two, 2009, and um, they moved from club to club on the island of, of Oahu. We're not on the other seven islands. We're on the island of Oahu. And, you know, the Browns, the situation with the Browns around 2009 to 2019 was, you know, discouraging. And But they kept going. And then sometime in 2018, they asked me to take the baton. And uh, there was only three of us. And uh, thanks to my vice president, uh, Kenneth Santiago Burton, um, he got the people together so we could uh, go ahead and uh, apply for a charter. Um, thank the Lord that uh, the Browns uh, organization uh, felt that we were a good uh, choice. They chartered us. So we were chartered in 2019. And um, what's unusual about my club is that we are in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. We're about as far away as you can get, except for those guys in Western Australia. Um, but um, we knew that we were going to be special, and we knew that we would have to uh, create a social media footprint. So we did that, and we, 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 um, we changed from three people. Right now, we have 131 chartered members. Now, I guess I should explain the difference between membership. You can have a casual membership, which means you go into a watch party and you watch the Browns play and you cheer them on. And then you can be a regular. Those are the guys that usually spend the money on the bar. And, you know, they're the guys that we have to make sure that they're safe when they go home. And then um, then there's the chartered members. And those are the people that actually become Worldwide Browns backers and take the time to join our club. Uh, of note, though, you can be a member of more than one club, and there's a whole bunch of people that are Honolulu Browns backers along with members of other clubs. One of our special members is Barry uh, Shuck, who is uh, with a, I don't know if I'm allowed to name another media outlet, but he's a writer. He's a sports writer, and he lives in Florida, and he's a member of our club. And he does. There's room for everybody here. (laughs) Dogs by nature. He's with Dogs by Nature, and he he writes two or three times a week on the Cleveland Browns. He's known as the 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 Cleveland Brown historian. So he's a member, and we have members all over the world. What tends to happen is half of the people that come and watch our watch parties are military, and then they rotate out, which means they go to another duty station, and they can end up in, like, I was in Turkey, I was in the Air Force, I was stationed in Germany, Turkey, Alaska, Okinawa, all over the place, and um, so we have people all over the planet, and that's pretty much a nutshell of it. You start a Brownsbackers organization everywhere you go? No, I no, no, that I don't do. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I just, um, I like I said, I was, I was asked to to uh, take on the presidency, and um, I I took it uh, after I came home and I spoke to my off duty supervisor to make sure it was okay with her, and then uh, and then yeah. So it's it's been, you know, I have to say that with all this positivity that's going on with the Cleveland Browns right now, there's one thing that is absolutely apparent in every single Browns backers organization. And that is all you got to do is ask, like I asked you guys, and here I am on your podcast, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, our father chapter is the burnt river Browns backers. They're the largest, uh, uh, Browns backers organization on the planet. They have three watch party locations and, 
I talked to the president and the vice president there, and they gave us all kinds of uh, ideas and alternatives and things that we could do. And and uh, we grew significantly um, because of their relationship with us. Nice. Now, are you from the Northeast Ohio area originally? <coughs> I'm really glad that you asked that because there's two questions that everybody asks when they come to our party. First is, did you grow up in Cleveland? And if you didn't, how in the hell did you become a Brownsbacker? <laughs> That would be my next I, question. I, yeah, I asked that to <laughs> so, everybody. So um, I lived at 10,000 Elwell, which is in East Cleveland. It's close to Shaker. Moved to 116th and McCracken in Garfield Heights. Graduated oh, yes. from Bedford Senior High School. Nice. So, yes, I am nice. a Northeast Ohioan. Um, I, I, I was a carpenter's apprentice. I hung drywall for seven years. I worked for Acme Arsena. The company is no longer um, in existence, but it was a great company. Learned a lot. I lived the blue collar spirit of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and um, your next question is going to be, okay, Lee, how did you become a Browns fan? Well, I don't know how old you guys are, but at the Muni lot, there was this trough in the, in the men's room. And you can get a hundred guys to stand next to the trough and the trough was so, so high off the floor. And my dad would, he'd measure me and he'd measure me and he'd say, okay, you're tall enough. You can go. And then, <laughs> then we went to the, the games and uh, been a Browns fan ever since. Um, I can remember actually being old enough to watch Jim Brown run. And then um, my, my favorite player of all time is Leroy Kelly. I just love oh, that nice, guy. Yeah. He was just, he was awesome. Um, but yeah, those are my roots. That's awesome. Nice. Uh, how long have you been in the islands? This is my 24th year. So I've been here 23. Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty great. <laughs> I <have> to imagine. <laughs> yeah. A little bit better weather than we get here. I don't hear in, many people complain Ohio. about yeah. Hawaii. <laughs> well, there's, there's one weather vantage that you guys have that we don't. And that's, if you don't like the weather, wait 15 minutes. And uh, uh, yeah, that doesn't apply here because it's pretty much, you know, 78, 78, 78, 79, 78. Damn, twist. So. It's got to be terrible. I know you're living a horrible <laughs> life out there. Um, yeah, so you, you mentioned, uh, you know, kind of a little bit about your social media following and how you had to grow that in order to succeed out there in, in Honolulu. So can you tell us a little bit about your social media and, and kind of what you guys are up to there? Sure, sure. So we started on Facebook and... Um, I'll give you some analytics in a minute, but um, we are on Facebook. We're on X, also known as Twitter, Reddit, MeWe, Getter, Gab, and Instagram. And, um, you know, if you do have a page on Facebook and, and you are a Browns backer, um, if, if you connect your Instagram account to your Facebook account, oh, my gosh, it's so much easier to do. It's, it's one less thing to do. Um, they give you analytics from Instagram along with the Facebook analytics. And uh, actually, Facebook has a program if you get to the meta business page. And they will create a business goal for you. And um, the only thing I won't do is I won't advertise because we've got one of those nonprofit numbers and I don't want to advertise. Um, but um, if you follow the goals and you, you do what Facebook it kind of encourages you to do your your audience just grows exponentially and um so so just a, a couple of analytics um that i'm really proud of so our reach so a reach is to 
a follower and then a friend of a follower. And then I think it actually goes to a friend of a friend, but our reach is 1,020,000. So that means that in a month, that's how many people that can actually be reached by our, our, our pages. We have 7,000 followers and just the analytics for the visits are every 28 days. So in, uh, in November we had 19,000 visits. So, nice. um, we, it, there's a lot of work that goes into it. It's not something that is, uh, you know, just comes free, but, um, we, we, we had to do it as a necessity because that was the only way to reach out to people. And now what has happened is people reach to us and say, Hey, we're coming to Hawaii. We want to, we want to come to your place. We put something out on another podcast about a, two years ago and it was, we want to be your vacation destination. There you go. <laughs> and obviously there were two guys who told two guys who told two guys. So somebody was listening. And um, so now our watch parties are probably 75% Clevelanders and 25% GIs and then locals. Well, nice. Um, no, and, and I totally understand all of the things that go into social media. I'm the social media manager for uh, Tappan Media in our podcast here, Burning River Sportscast. Uh, so I get it. It's not easy. I mean, people think, oh, you just put a couple things online and it's good to go. No, it, it's a lot. It's a lot more involved than that. Um, so I get it, and I appreciate the hard work that you're putting in on your end to make yourselves grow. Um, you did mention uh, that everybody wants to come to you guys now. So what is your actual viewing location? Okay, so our business partner is the Waikiki Brewing Company. They're at 831 Queen Street in Honolulu, Hawaii, 96813. They're, they're an awesome business partner. Uh, to begin with, they gave us a section. And then they gave us a bar, and now we have an entire porch, which is called Lanai in Hawaii. There's one of your words, uh, <laughs> Lanai. And um, then they opened up this asphalt area adjacent to Lanai, and they have the, the cornhole games, and they have a bunch of stuff for kids to do. They have chalk for the little kids, and, and um, we don't advertise it, but you'll see in a lot of our postings that pe people who live downtown in the apartments, they bring their canines their dogs and um so they're all allowed to come there that asphalt area where the dogs are and which is away from the bar and the restaurant and everything we call that the muni lot hawaii and um <laughs> it's it's just it they're awesome business partners every every couple years they'll do something to try to help us um increase our membership like uh um i had mentioned that um one of the reasons that we're so very different from Brownsbackers organizations on the mainland is the laws. And um, there is a law that no social organization can collect anything. So we can't, we can't do a 50, 50 raffle. We can't, we can't, uh, we can't collect money. We can't collect funds. We can't do any of that kind of stuff. And the way that they do it is they put it in the liquor license laws. So if I did collect money at my club, at, at the Waikiki Brewing Company, a, uh, a liquor inspector could come in and lift, pull their liquor license away, and then they lose the club, and then we lose our charter. But um, so, so what this organization has done and why they're so critical and such great business partners is they went out and they arranged to have a Toys for Tots drive with the United States Marine Corps. And so they collect... 
and we assist. <laughs> but but in reality, from our T-shirt sales, we 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 make multiple donations. So in in reality, you know, um, I can now apply for a chapter of the year. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, here's here's what I'll say. So, uh, part of the reason that we decided to do the Browns Backers interview series uh, is to highlight things like that: the community service, the charity work that these groups are doing out in their respective communities. Because obviously, the Browns fans are everywhere. Uh, but we also want to talk about this because it's it's such a big deal. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's basically either Clevelanders or Cleveland adjacent people. Um, all over the world, helping communities that they've moved to and have and now call home, um, and just helping to make them a better place. And I don't think that uh, the Brownsbackers in general get enough credit for that. So we want to highlight that. Um, and whether or not it's directly or indirectly, or you assist or however you're doing it, you're doing it. Um, and and that is uh, to be commended. And we really really yeah. appreciate it. And I know um, probably the people out there in Honolulu appreciate it even more than we do. So. Um, that's awesome. Uh, and, and kind of speaking of that, is there any upcoming events uh, that you're hosting or looking forward to uh, where there's going to be any sort of charity work or uh, um, uh, community service going on uh, or even just watch parties or things like that? So Saturday the 13th, we're going to watch the Cleveland Browns defeat the, the, the Houston Texans at oh, the yeah. Waikiki Brewing Company. Um, that's set in stone. Um for everybody out there that's been discouraged about direct TV and all the negative stuff that's on social media, if you get in an airplane and fly to Honolulu, the manager of the Waikiki Brewing Company guarantees that he's going to play the game. He's got it on two different feeds. So, you know, um, don't need to worry. You can come watch with us. Um, uh, next year, we're going to try to... Um, expand the toys for tots drive we're going to run it from the season opener until the thanksgiving day game and then the marines are going to come and collect the toys uh we're going to do it in a little bit more organized fashion than we did this year we're also going to run as many watch parties as you know what as long as joe flacco is my quarterback i think i'm going to be i think i'm going to be watching the browns through february to tell you the truth guys and i really hope so I haven't felt this positive about the Browns since I was a very young man. Um, but in, in regards to uh, uh, other things, we're looking to expand the Waikiki Brewing Company into a, an Ohio State watch uh, location. Oh, nice. The, the, the Ohio State watch location here on the island of Oahu is Giovanni's Pastrami's. But there's a whole bunch of people that go down there and we want to try to expand. So we're at the club Saturdays and Sundays and all the Browns uh, memorabilia and all the, the, the flags and the, all of the advertisements, they'll all be up. It'll be a Browns backers function, but it'll be, we're trying to incorporate that with Ohio state. Nice. Nice. Now all good things there. Um, and so you kind of, you did mention uh, the football side of things there. You, you mentioned that the Browns would be, uh, defeating, as you said, the, the Houston Texans this Saturday. And I would agree with you. But um, let's kind of get into the football side of things here. What are your thoughts on the season so far for the Cleveland Browns? So you guys know who Midas is, right? The world is held on Midas's back, right? Okay. This season is being carried by Nick Chubb. If you think about it, 
when Nick Chubb went down, that's when every single, I'm getting, they call it chicken skin here in Hawaii. It's goosebumps, right? <laughs> but they call it chicken skin. And I'm getting chicken skin thinking about it. But when he went down, every single Brown in the organization said, oh my God, I got to step up. And there was no, there, there was, there was no shortcomings. There was no reservations. There was just, you know, Nick went down. I got to do it. And, and everybody, um, you know, DTR, PJ, um, everybody. And then, you know, as people went down, just like in a military organization, somebody else stepped up. So the corporal became a sergeant and the sergeant became a lieutenant. And it just, it's just absolutely amazing. So even though he's not on the field, we know he's in the locker room and he works out all the time, but Nick Chubb is the reason this team is, I, I couldn't not believe it when he had the Batman mask on and he smashed that guitar. Wasn't that awesome? Oh, it made it was, everybody feel good. Yeah, it was I mean, so great. In typical, I don't know if you watched afterwards, my favorite part actually of the whole thing was in typical Nick Chubb fashion. As soon as he was done smashing the guitar, he took his mask off and just like walked straight back to the locker room. He was like, yeah. he was like no frills, no, like, I'm not, I don't like all this show, showboating stuff. I'm out. I'm just I'm yeah, trying to yeah. go to work. So, yeah. um, no, but it was a great moment for the team. Uh, and I, I, I'm sure a galvanizing moment as they kind of uh, wound down their run into the playoffs here. So, um, and I know that was actually the clinching game, wasn't it? Uh, so big day there. But no, uh, with the Browns playing so well this year, how has your membership and turnout been? I know typically for these chapters, it kind of fluctuates as the Browns to have their ups wane and downs. as the season yeah. goes on. <laughs> uh, but this year, I mean, they've stayed pretty solid. So has your, has your turnout been really good this year? So okay, you got to remember, we're competing with surfing, bodyboarding, um, <laughs> hang gliding, helicopter tours, um, dolphin whale hunting. You just, we're, we're competing with all this stuff. And like we talked about earlier, you know, the weather doesn't suck here. Um, no, our, our record is 65 and we have been hovering really close. So the last game last Sunday was 63, but, um, we, we anticipate having 85 or over for the nice. next series of games. Yeah. Yeah. When we, if you guys remember the playoff game we played, uh, in Pittsburgh, um, we, we took over the entire, um, brewing company. We took over the whole place. So that was, there was, it was standing room only. And yeah, it was just awesome. Nice. Uh, no, and so I guess with that though, let's uh, let's look to this week. I mean, obviously, you said you think that they're going to beat the Houston Texans, um, but very, what are, very different challenge this week with CJ. Yeah, back in the lineup. yeah, a lot a lot different than the last yeah, time yeah, we whatever. saw him. Um, <laughs> I like that outlook, Lee. Uh, so tell us, just I mean, besides just the fact that they're going to win, what are what are your thoughts on the game this week? I mean, what do you see as as being challenges? Um, and how the Browns are going to overcome those challenges. I don't think we have that many challenges, to tell you the truth. I think I think Stroud is the one who's got the challenges. You have a rookie who's – this is going to be his first playoff game, and we have a guy who's been and won 10. Um, a challenge might be that they don't fall asleep. I don't know. Yeah. Um, th that's a really bad thing to say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear about that, but – um, the only challenge would be that they, they maintain consistency and they don't get lazy. The old Browns used to get ahead and then they would like 
I don't know, they'd like like daydream or something, and next thing yeah. you know that we're we'd have to fight our way back and 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 then D hop would well we didn't have D hop at the time, but no. someone would have to kick three points at the end. Um and I, I just keep up that determination, keep up the pressure. I think that's going to be our challenge. 27-24. Yeah. Oh, nice. The score prediction, right? I didn't even have to ask. It just came. <laughs> so uh, 20, 27-24. So you actually think it's going to be fairly close, though, or do you think they get some garbage time points to make it close? Yeah. I think we're going to get out ahead, and then they're going to try to come back and just fall short. Nice. I do think that's a fair viewpoint, and it's maybe not because of, of this season in particular, but in seasons past, the Browns have tended to play down to their, to lesser opponents. Yep. So it's one of those where you have to keep your foot on the gas uh, for, for, for four quarters and, and complete the game. Uh, and and uh, kind of to your point earlier, Lee, uh, with C.J. Stroud being a rookie quarterback, he's also playing the number one pass defense in the league. So uh, that bodes well for the Browns. But... Um, <laughs> Before we before we get going here, Lee, um, I do want to mention a couple things. Do you have I have some? one final question. Yeah, sure, Just, you mentioned uh, T-shirt sales and stuff. Is there a particular yes. place that uh, folks can go if they want oh, to buy Honolulu Browns yeah. Beckers merch? Okay, so no, there is not. We used to have, and if you Google it, you'll find a shop, and they're closed. They closed during COVID. Um, uh, no, the best thing to do is just. Um, shoot a message to the Facebook page, a direct message, or you can, you can go on any post and you can say, Hey, you know, this is Dennis. I want to buy t-shirts. And then I respond to all the posts and, um, to make, to make a a short answer, all you got to do is contact our merchandise officer. His name is Riley Lane. And, um, you just email him and tell him what you want. And he, he will give you the, uh, the t-shirt sizes that are available and the shipping costs. This is a new item that we have. This is our hat. And it's a nice hat. Yeah, I was yeah, it's, the hat. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna get it's, one of those. <laughs> it's it's got Permelia flowers here, and then on the inside it says Dog Pound and Cleveland Browns and the Waikiki Brewing Company and established 2019. It's just it's pretty awesome. They're a little into that hat. It's pretty legit. Yeah, they're they're a little bit more than the shirts. Um, but I I'm just I'm a hat guy like you guys are, and I wear hats a lot, so I really like the hat. We we went through the whole gamut. We had koojis and stickers, and this is our fourth iteration of the T-shirt. Um, you know, it's, it is what it is. We're going to celebrate our 15th anniversary um, next year, 15th from starting, and it'll be our fifth chartered year. So I don't know if we're going to do anything special, but all of the officers will discuss that, and then uh, we'll put it out. Um, if we decide to do something, but yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for asking. I can send you that link. Um, when I send you the other links, please do. We please can, do. we can include it, uh, in, in some of our, some of the things that go out for us. But, uh, like I was saying, your, your logo is top notch. I mean, we're suckers for good logos and well, that that's all due to Greg Laus. He was our first merchandise officer and he actually paid a graphic artist to come up with that. Nice. nice. Well, it looks good. Um, and now, like I was saying before, before we get going, there is a few things that we want to talk about. The first thing is that we, the Burning River Sportscast, is brought to you by who, Kenny? Uh, Seaside Events. As? 
the official cruise event provider of the Cleveland Browns and the organizer of the Browns Fan Cruise. And so with that in mind, uh, they did run a competition for Browns backers uh, earlier this year, or I'm sorry, last year. We're in the 2024 now. So, uh, however, that is over and the winners were announced. The Browns backers of Pinellas did win that competition. Um However, we still want to say that we will be emceeing several events aboard the ship. There will be 16 alumni joining the cruise that fans will get to mingle with like they're normal people. Uh, So for anyone that hasn't booked yet, please do so because it's going to be a great time. Um, And I know, Lee, you guys have uh, at least a couple uh, ladies from your chapter that have booked, and we look forward to, to meeting them on the cruise as well, right? Yes. um, The way that it works is that um, when you log into the cruise, when you purchase a cruise, you are automatically sponsored by the closest chapter. And since we're the only chapter that's up and running on the eight islands of Hawaii, they immediately became sponsored by us. But the two ladies did come visit us, and um, they're really fantastic, uh, love love life kind of people. You know, they're they're true blue all the way deep browns fans so you guys will enjoy them nice i know you have a picture of that that you sent me so we'll try and get that up on the screen if we can so sure um yeah cabins are still available though so there are folks even though the competition is over if there are folks looking at a last minute decision thinking they want to jump on this thing it's going to be a heck of a time so we encourage you like i said you get to hang out with us i mean we're going to be (laughs) emptying some events what's better than Uh, that we got the opening day pool party we got the closing day pool party that we have portions of it that we're emceeing uh we're emceeing part of the uh day three a uh, special event in the auditorium for everybody. Q&A with players. Um, and then we also will be hosting a dinner table every night for fans. So uh, you'll get to mingle with us. I know uh, the next best thing to the players <laughs> has got to be the Burnham <laughs> Sportscast. So. Um, but one final thing that we'd like to mention uh, before we get going here is our Hot Take Hotline. Uh, and Kenny, why don't you tell them a little bit about the Hot Take Hotline? Sure thing. So we established a voicemail box for all Browns fans that – uh, can, can call any time of day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, to let us know what their thoughts are. Could be frustration, could be happiness, could be sadness, could be all three of those emotions at once or any emotion you might have. Um, but we just want to hear from Browns fans. So uh, we love to hear from Browns fans across the country that uh, you know have something to say about our team and uh, that we take the best takes and we put them on our show and then react to them weekly but uh, if they want to call in that number is 330-227-8080 we'll throw it on the screen here for the video version as well but once again it's 330-227-8080 we look forward to hearing from hopefully some folks down uh, down in the islands yeah absolutely and, and lee uh real quick is there anything else that you want to say to cleveland fans that maybe have moved away from northeast ohio um and are missing their fellow browns fans uh potentially looking for kind of a group to join uh, that they can watch the Browns games and also give back to their community. Uh, do those do those things exist? Is that is that something that that is out there? <laughs> sure. You you know what I I watch you guys r- religiously and I watch all the Browns backers interviews that you guys do. And this mantra is said over and over and over again. Browns fans are everywhere. Don't watch a Browns game by yourself. Get out there. Look in your local area. You know, bang the trees, find somebody, and then get with the Browns fans. That's the best way. That's the best way to watch a Browns game. 
Hell yes, absolutely. Um, and listen, Lee, it has been great having you. Uh, we really appreciate it. Again, thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Uh, and we hope to get out there to Hawaii and meet okay. you in person someday. Well, sure. so now we got to do the Hawaiian word of the day. You ready? We, oh, we yeah. did we did aloha already, right? We did aloha. Yeah. Aloha, aloha is... Hello and goodbye, right? And goodbye and I love you. Okay. Oh, nice. Okay. okay. So the next one is palekana. Palekana. Oh, man, you guys are good. Yeah, palekana. That means be safe. So you can say aloha and palekana. Aloha and palekana. Love it. Nice. You got any more? (laughs) Yeah, but they're not as nice as that one. There we go. We'll we'll get those ones off the air so that we can use them when we go to Hawaii. There you go. There you go. Fit in with the locals. Uh, But no, once again, Lee, we really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us, and hopefully we'll talk soon. Aloha, Policana. Yeah. We are the Honolulu Brownsbackers, and you're listening to the Burning River Sportscast. Go Browns! Mahalo. Mahalo, Pan... Pan... Pelicana. Man, you did it to me again. Pelicana, yeah. Pelicana. Mahalo, Pelicana, aloha. Aloha. Mahalo. It's a good time talking to Lee. <laughs> yeah, look, I, this was one we were excited about just because the the, the novelty of it being in Hawaii. Uh, yeah. Just, it's kind what of better sweet. place to watch the Browns? <laughs> yeah, I mean, super interesting the fact that they have kind of the, the rotation of, of GIs in and out there. I didn't even think about that, but that makes a yeah. lot of sense. Um, but, uh, yeah, just super cool to think. What a life that guy um, lives, right? He's just out there living in Hawaii. Just about all the just all the places Browns backers are, man. I mean, they're literally Everywhere. everywhere. They're everywhere. All over. All over the place. Uh, but that'll take us to the Burger Sports Guys. Don't forget to call and leave your hot takes on the hot take outline. Remember, these are hot takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. 330 227 330-227-8080. 330-227-8080. 330-227-8080. 330-227-8080. 330-227-8080. 330-227-8080. 330-227-8080. 330-227-8080. 330-227-8080. 330-227-8080. 330-227-8080. 330-227-8080. 330-227-
All Cleveland Coffee. All Cleveland Coffee is a coffee company that launched earlier this year in Cleveland, as the name would suggest. Founded by Browns legend and Hall of Famer Joe Thomas and six-time heavyweight champion of the world in the UFC, Stipe Miocic, along with a team of several other brilliant Clevelanders. All Cleveland Coffee is on a mission to give one million meals back to the community through an official partnership with the Greater Cleveland Food Bank. How will they do this, you ask? Well, with every bag of beans purchased, three meals get donated to the food bank. It's such an awesome idea. A bunch of great individuals were involved, and the result is the best coffee in Cleveland, bar none. It comes in three roasts, light, medium, and dark. The dark is what Joe Thomas enjoys every day. I, myself, and my co-host here, Kenny, are medium roast guys. All Cleveland Coffee. Visit all-cleveland.com today to order your coffee and donate a few meals in the process. All Cleveland Coffee. Ethically sourced, premium roasted, and three meals donated for every bag purchased. All right, so usually at this point, we do the uh, Browns Fan Cruise alumni interviews. Uh, yes. But we are trying to nail down our last interview, so we don't have that for you. But in the meantime, go back, check out some of the old ones. A lot of great stories. Uh, just a taste of what you have coming to you in March. <laughs> what, is, what happened? Wait, I know what that is. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> That is the official signal to remind you that the Cleveland Browns fan cruise is just 60 days away. Oh, that's right. March 11th, we set sail for five unforgettable days at sea with nearly 20 Browns alumni. Uh, It's going to be dope ass. Um, Yes, I would say like as we continue to have conversations with the with seaside events, the cruise event team, the schedule's getting built out. We're starting to see this thing come to life for the first time. So a lot of, a lot of, a lot of all the different good events, stuff planned uh, for, for all of the Browns. Dinners with players, us. Q&A sessions. So, and let's, let's actually talk about some of this stuff a little bit. So uh, we've mentioned before we'll be emceeing some of the events on the Browns fan cruise. Um, some of the things that we know for sure is we will be emceeing portions of the opening day pool party, the closing day pool party. Uh, we will also be emceeing portions of the uh, big event that is planned for the auditorium on day three. Uh, that'll be a With mixture players. of alumni, um, uh, you know, different speakers, uh, different things going on there. But we will have a portion of that as well. And then also, one fun thing that we'll be doing is we will be hosting a dinner table every night. Uh, so we'll be able to mingle with the fans, talk to them a little yep. bit about what we do. Stop by and, and hang out, talk to the Burning River Sportscast. Also, uh, I think we're look, working on getting a tiki hut for the beach yep. party day. Nice cabana um, uh, for one of the beach days. Hang uh, out and talk to some of the just the, just the, the people on the fan cruise, ask yep. them how it's going. You'll it's probably fun. see us walking around the beach with a microphone and uh, a video camera. We're going to be asking you guys how things are going. Um, and I'll say this, the pictures that we keep getting of the beach party, I don't know if this is going to be come to fruition or not, but they have those big inflatable things out there. Oh, yeah. That, like I'm hoping that that's not just like a picture of just nothing, but it, it ends up yeah, in we're, all the we're, we're gonna have to uh, that we have. make sure we build out some time after we're done with our interviews and things because that we can go out there and run around on that big inflatable, big inflatable obstacle courses. So oh yeah, that would be super cool. If that's I'm there. all for that. Is it but, on the water? Or is it yeah, on the it's water? on the water. Oh, okay. yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, like right on the beach. Yeah, that sounds so, fun. Uh, yeah, ton of really cool stuff is gonna happen. In addition to being able to mingle with Browns alumni. Yeah, and I, I know our fans don't get to see them very often yet. Uh, that's gonna change here soon. But Bone Man. Is actually in really good shape. He's probably going to dominate the shit out of that obstacle he's course. Gonna, he's going to win the bodybuilding competition for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Bone, I, Bone I is a specimen. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe it was like some type of endurance event or something. Maybe. I don't think so. I think you're just going to you're, you're going to make that obstacle course your bitch. Look, don't count me out of the obstacle course. I got fast twitch muscles in here still. So yeah, somewhere <laughs> buried under all those slow They're twitch there. muscles. They're there. They're uh, there. 
<laughs> but anyways, I'm gonna crush this thing, guys. That'll take us to the NFL Wild Card Week preview. Guys, guys, I gotta say it again: the playoffs are here. No, the so playoffs excited. are here. This week we have the Houston Texans, um, and I'm gonna get into my position matchups and, and things of that nature. But Kenny, I'll let you start. You got anything that you want to highlight before I get into this? Um, yeah. Look, I think you know, obviously the big story is CJ Stroud coming back. Um, you know, we didn't get a chance to play him the first time around. We had Case Keenum. Um, that offense was lethargic and couldn't really move the ball. Uh, things are going to be a little bit different. I mean, I think the the Texans team that you saw. Um, in the clinching game for them last week is going to be much more aligned to what we're going to see on Saturday. Um, I look for C.J. Stroud to try and push the ball down the field to Nico Collins. Nico Collins had a huge game um, yeah. last weekend. I think he had 10 catches for 195 yards or something ridiculous. Which, good for him. He's finally coming around for them, but uh, not not uh, he's not going to do that against the Browns. No, probably not. But I do think, um, you know, the other thing is when we played the, the Texans, we had the Amari Cooper um, just showboat day yeah. where he got you know, a million He had like 195 for, yards. He had 265 yards. Yeah, so yeah, the record yeah. for the Browns. So like, that's, suck at Nico Collins. You weren't even close. That's probably not going to happen again. So I would just say from a matchups perspective, um, you know, obviously CJ Stroud changes the game overall. But from a matchups perspective, I think that we'll see an you know, overcorrection on Amari Cooper, um, which I think will lead to um, you know, guys like Njoku having a big day. I think Njoku has a big day, too. Um, but my matchups, I, I do two matchups uh, for every every game here. Uh, I'm going to start with Miles Garrett versus Laramie Tunsil. Uh, look, there's going to be a battle of, of two super high-caliber players here. Um, and so what I'm looking for here is, can one, can Garrett get some calls? Because no matter how good you are at left tackle, you're not good enough to completely contain Miles Garrett all day unless you're holding him. Uh, so can he get some calls? Uh, can he get past Tunsil and actually get home in this one? And, and here's the deal. For Miles Garrett, it's time to start cementing that legacy. Uh, he's been here for a while. He's a leader on this team. The fans love him. Uh, it's time to start making strides to becoming a Cleveland Browns god. Um, I mean, if he can have a big playoff run, um, you know, average a sack or two a game, you know, whatever the case may be, all the way up to to wherever we may end up in this playoffs, as far as he will take us and the rest of the team will take us. I mean, that's how you start becoming, uh, like I said, that Cleveland Brown God and fans start looking at you different. We start talking about maybe when you retire, you get a statue out front like Joe Flacco. Like Joe Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, that, that's my number one matchup here is because that's just, I mean, that's kind of a battle of two titans there. Yeah, look, I agree. Larry Tunsil is a good player. Um, Miles Garrett, I think, is a better player. I agree. Um, I think this defense a lot of times goes as Miles goes. That doesn't even mean Miles has to have three sacks in a game, but is Miles disruptive? Is Miles getting in the backfield? Yeah. Is he making tackles for loss on running backs? Uh, all those things come into uh, you know not not like winning or losing his matchup um, and and helping this defense um, you know perform at a high level. Yep. Uh, my next matchup here is uh, we just mentioned him. Joe Flacco versus the Texans secondary. Uh, the Texans rank 22nd against the pass. They're giving up 234.1 yards per game. Uh, and so I want to see if Joe Flacco can continue his run that he's had of uh, just, just yards after yards after yards after yards. Uh, can he exploit them? Exploit them? Uh, does he even 
care about their secondary? Like, is it is Joe Flacco's playing so free? Does he even care who they put out there? Like, is he just going to just keep slinging it? Um, and I want to see if the legend of Cleveland Browns quarterback Joe Flacco continues to grow. Speaking of the legend of Joe Flacco's... Um, you got to say the whole thing. Of Joe Flacco. The legend of Cleveland Browns quarterback Joe Flacco. <laughs> Speaking of the legend of Cleveland Browns quarterback Joe Flacco. There you go. Um, I can't vouch for the truthfulness of this story, but it's a story that I keep hearing, um, which is the day that they brought Joe Flacco in for his tryout, mm-hmm. that the Browns said, okay, let's just put him up against our base defense and see what he does. And he went right down and scored a touchdown. They said, okay. Well, let's, <laughs> Their defense pretty good. <laughs> so let's, let's throw something, let's throw him a couple stunts and things on the defensive line just to, just to toss him up, mess him up a little bit, see what he, what he does. Went right down the field and scored a touchdown. <laughs> they said, okay, let's put our tightest coverage on and see what he does against um, you know, our best defensive unit man in the secondary. Uh, went right down the field and scored a touchdown. <laughs> they said, okay, let's marry it all together. Let's put our best defensive front, our best defensive secondary together, give them our toughest, most confusing defensive looks. Went right down the field and scored a touchdown. They're like, for, and that, that was, they're like that this was, is the guy. That was what sold them. They were like, he's, he went literally from beginning of our defense to the most complex defense we run, and nothing faced him. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, that's – go ahead, Bone. No, that, I've never heard that story. I, I haven't heard that yet either. So uh, I, I, you're probably uh, uh, reading up a lot about the Browns these days. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I, I haven't heard that one yet. That's a great story. And I mean, I would be sold. Our defense is phenomenal. So if you if he's able to do that, and I mean, I guess that's what you get when you have 10 playoff wins and a uh, Super Bowl MVP in your, in your back pocket. What's crazy so. is that this guy was never a pro bowler. That is crazy. Not a single Pro Bowler uh, wow. year. Somehow he's uh, he. I mean, he's probably going to finish second, either second or third, and come back Player of the Year in just four games, five games, whatever he played. Um, his four numbers, games. if you extrapolate them on a season, are ridiculous. Are insane. He would throw it for like fifty five hundred yeah. yards, insane. <laughs> like forty four touchdowns. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I said, will the legend of Cleveland Browns quarterback Joe Flacco continue to grow? And one thing I want to add here, while we're talking about Joe Flacco, is you've mentioned all along that he's so genuine and he doesn't try and like like you know, talk up the dog pound and he understands that his legacy is mostly in Baltimore. And he's like, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. The fans have embraced me, whatever. Did you see the story come out about his, that his dad told this week? His dad was he very said, we spent 14 seasons yeah. in, in Baltimore. Uh, and they, you know, we were, they were sold out every single week. Uh, the fans were phenomenal, but it was nothing like Cleveland and the dog pound. Um, but Joe <laughs> didn't say that his dad, did. his dad. did. So from a PR his standpoint, Joe's still clean there. Yeah. Uh, but I just thought it was cool because I actually think it's almost more powerful coming from somebody that's like uh. not oh, Joe Flacco that's what I'm trying it's, to. It's, it's 100% more powerful because if yeah. Joe says it, it's just pandering. Yeah. If Joe said it, it's just because he's here right now. If Joe, Joe could say the same thing if he was in Las Vegas and they were in the same position. His dad, who's got like a, a front row seat to everything, was the yeah. one that came out and said it. So that, that was pretty cool to hear. Uh, I do have a bonus matchup this week. Uh, Brown's secondary versus C.J. Stroud. Uh, game one against these guys, we didn't see Stroud as we as he was in concussion protocol. Um, the secondary has played well all year for us. MJ Emerson, we we've talked about this a lot off air. Uh, MJ Emerson has the highest grades in the league according to PFF for like every statistical category for for DBs. Uh, Newsom and Ward, I believe, are both top ten or like Ward's top second. fifteen as well. <laughs> so, so we got number one, number two, and number I think Newsom's top ten, if I'm not mistaken, or yeah. top fifteen. Um, and so, can they completely shut down CJ Stroud? Remember, this is a rookie quarterback uh, coming into the playoffs, so it could go one of two ways. Um, rookie <laughs> quarterbacks usually either kind of crumble under the pressure, or you get that that rare instance uh, where rookies are like they just they're too young to know. 
I see. I honestly think we're going to see somewhere in between there. I don't think CJ Stroud by any means is going to crumble under the pressure, but I just think that this defense is going to overwhelm stifle him. Stifle him. We're going to stifle him. Um, yeah. So I think he may still have a decent game, but I don't think it's going to be enough to matter. Yeah. Uh, one interesting thing that I did, I was that I heard recently was like an advanced analytics guy on the radio talking about CJ Stroud versus Joe Flacco, um, and was saying that by the advanced analytics, CJ Stroud is like far superior to Joe Flacco. And I'm like, this is my problem with the advanced analytics community, right? Because I'm talking about like just a simple eye test. If you've watched Joe Flacco go four and one over the last five weeks, you're like, this is fucking magnificent. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's been magnificent, right? I mean, he's got a, he's got a few more turnovers than you like, would like. You know, the scene in pick a destiny, like, you know, we talk about this being the team of destiny. <laughs> the like, team. Yeah. Destiny. Uh, you know, the scene though, where they get high and they're just like flying on unicorns over the rainbow. Like that's how I feel when I watch Joe Flacco play football these last five weeks for the Browns. <laughs> are we just, are we just so drained of bad quarterback play or like, we just have never seen anything like it. You know, what I, like, well, here's the other, other NFL fans are like, well, this is typical, but I don't think, I don't think so. <laughs> well, because I mean, it's... there might be a little bit of that, but the other thing is what, if, what did I beg for all year? Long, literally all year long before any, Joe any Flacco. Any quarterback that gets over 250 yards or more? 300 yards. I said, I just want one 300 yard game. I don't care who who throws for it. I literally <laughs> don't care. I just want one 300 yard game. He just banged out four in a row. He was like, that is fine. I got you. Yeah. So I, like, uh, I don't even know what to do with that. I mean, like, he, bang, he banged I, out 300 yards and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just unreal. So. I just thought it was like, it was just such a, it's just such a, a dichotomous viewpoint from like. Hey, sure, he's turning the ball over. What, he makes up for it with his. What with, we're seeing each week with our eyes mm-hmm. and going, I'm seeing this guy make throws on the run. Like, I'm seeing him do things Dude, that, some of the that throws he never he did even in, in Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, but his whole point was like that over, over a career, like what we've seen out of Joe Flacco. Even at his best is an aberration versus CJ Stroud's whole season, which has been consistent. He's been very good. consistent. Which so I accept that as far as when you're building a team, like but, sure. Go but I guess my whole way. point is like I need Joe Flacco to be an aberration for four more games. Yep, that's all we four, need. Four, four more, games. four more games. Right. Hold four it together for me, old guy. Yep. <laughs> and then you get your statue. Yeah. So as as a whole here, though, the the uh, Texans are ten and seven. They're coming off a huge win over the Colts to propel them into the playoffs. Uh, they didn't get any rest though, like the Browns did. Uh, this team doesn't do anything particularly well. They don't do anything particularly bad. They're kind of in the middle in every statistical category. Um, they're 12th in offense. They're 14th in defense. Um, our our defense, though, is going to have to lead us in this one. Um, and while we do have Joe Flacco now, and he's throwing for big yards, um, I mean, I just see this as if we can get to 24 points, our defense is definitely holding them under 24 points. Sure. Yeah, like I, that's, I, would agree I mean, that. I guess I'll knock on wood just in case, in case, you know, if you can hear that. But um, I think that's the number. If you can hold them to under 24 points, I think our offense gets 24 points at least. So that's what I'm looking at in this one. I would hope so. I, I think that this offense is capable of scoring more than 24 points. Um, I think they're capable of having big days, even though, um, you know, they're rate 12. I think that they have the pieces parts that they can have really big days. Um, I know also that uh, uh, CJ Stroud doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot. No. So that's the big, I mean, I think he's thrown. You can get him five, to throw an interception. I think he's thrown five interceptions in a season and three of those were in one game. And in that game where he threw three picks, they came back and won. So <laughs> um, he's a perseverant kid um, and he doesn't, he takes care of the football. But um, yeah, I just think it's going to be, um, I think this team. I think we have too much firepower for this team. Well, we're Ohio State fans, so let's let's not forget that um, his last game for the Buckeyes was against Georgia, 
a team that nobody thought was even beatable at all. And he went in there, and they should have won that game. It was a shanked, a shanked kick uh, was the the Buckeyes' downfall, and they lost yep. it as time expired. Yeah. Um, so, but C.J. Stroud did everything to win the game. Um, so he's no stranger to these these big stages. I mean, obviously, college is a little different than the NFL, but he's no no stranger to a big stage and being the underdog on that big stage. And he pretty much said that on Pat McAfee's show this week. He was like, we don't have any chance to win? Oh, okay. <laughs> Which is, is pretty scary if you hear that coming out of yeah. a, a player of that caliber. When you hear it coming out of his mouth, it's like, I don't like that people are putting that in his head. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, that'll take us to the injury report. Kenny, what do you got for us on the injury report? All right, look, uh, these guys outside of Jimmy Ward was the last player they put on injured reserve on Tuesday this week. Um, (coughs) Safety. They've got a bunch of guys that are questionable that my guess is will end up playing this week. So just starting from the bottom here, we have Andrew Beck, fullback, questionable. Uh, Michael Dieter, center, questionable. Will Anderson, Jr., defensive end, questionable. Jonathan Greenard, defensive end, questionable. Um, both of those defensive ends, they both had ankle uh, injuries. If Will Anderson, Jr. doesn't play, that's a big win for the Browns. Uh, he did not practice uh, this week yet. Yeah, he's, so. We talked about him earlier in the episode. He's he's uh, probably going to win defensive rookie of the year. So yeah, And he did not play the first game. Against Texas. And uh, Noel Brown, wide receiver, questionable with a back. Um, Robert Woods, questionable with a hip. And Malik Collins, defensive tackle, questionable with a hip. Um, so my guess is that most of these guys will be okayed to play by the weekend, but still just a bunch of guys that are banged up because it's late in the year. Yeah. Um, on the Browns front right now. Um, we got some big news and some big bad news as well, right? Well, there's just, again, it's very similar in terms of, like, we have a bunch of guys that are banged up. Uh, Amari Cooper, questionable, still with the heel. Cedric Tillman. They just announced today he'll play. um, Cedric Tillman, questionable with the concussion, still in the protocol. Kareem Hunt, questionable with the groin. Pierre Strong, questionable with the back. Miles, questionable with the shoulder. Marquise Goodwin, questionable with the knee. And Juan Thornhill, questionable with the calf. I assume all Um, of them play. I would, I would guess that most all of them play. Um, and then the big news for the day that you're probably talking about is Grant Delpit Hell yes. was activated from the injured reserve. Um, and All the talk is he will play in this game, too. I See, that's where I'm not sure yet. I, I think that the, the rules, what I was reading was that the rules of the IR require you to bring back so many players by a certain time. So if they didn't activate him this week, and they made it to the next round, they wouldn't have been able to activate him. So they may have activated him today thinking, because he had groin surgery like two, three weeks ago. Yeah, but it was like... Um, it's still a groin surgery. Yeah, it's still surgery. Um, that they're saying, even if he's not ready to go this week, that this may have been a preemptive strike for the next, next round week. of the playoffs. So we'll see if he's uh, good enough to go this week or not. Um, would be obviously a huge boost to the secondary if he can go. Um, but I think that's one that we still have to kind of be careful about um, to see what's going to happen there. Um, Dustin Hopkins, again, is uh, likely to be out for Saturday. A um, couple other guys just on a questionable list. Uh, Pochick at center, Newsom corner, Mike Ford at corner. Um, Agbo Okunronkwo continues to be questionable with a torn peck. Um, so I don't know. That's another one to keep an eye on as well. Um, and then uh, the rest of these guys should be pretty well good to go. 
But yeah, just a bunch of guys that are beat up. And look, I think the thing is, we've had a week and a half, almost two weeks for these guys that have had off since they clinched. Um, this hopefully, they did. Uh, um, you know all the things that they need to do to get treatment during this time. Get in, get in the ice bath, work with your medical staff, um, and just get these guys ready. Yeah, it doesn't mean he'll for sure play, but uh, Grant Delpit practiced today. Yes. Uh, so I mean that's the biggest step to to playing. So we'll, hopefully, because if you don't practice, you don't play usually. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> no. Uh, so before uh, we get to King of the North, uh, let's go ahead. Uh, who's your player to watch this week, Kenny? Uh, my player to watch, I mentioned him earlier, is David Njoku. I think that um, all the eyes are going to be on uh, Amari Cooper because he just absolutely pillaged that team the last time we played them, literally to a Browns record in, in yards. So um, I think as long as he's good enough to go and get on the field this week, I think all the attention gets diverted to him. Um, they've got some good guys in that secondary. Uh, Stingley, um, I, it'll be interesting to see. He doesn't generally follow the best player on offense, but this may be a case where they have him follow Cooper around because yeah. he, got, he destroyed them the last time around. So anyway, I think there's just going to be so much focus there uh, that I think a guy like Njoku, simply because of his position, because he comes off the line, is going to be in a position to um, do some of the things we've seen do the last couple weeks, which is have 100 yards receiving because he just kind of sneaks out and yep. of some of these screenplays and things and has huge yards after the catch. Yep. Bone, who you got? I'm going to go, I'll say Kareem Hunt. Um, nice. I think the Browns thrive on the play action, so they can continue to run the ball well. And I, I just love Kareem, so I want to see him do well in the playoffs. And I just know he's a he's a Browns fan through and through. He's from Northeast Ohio, so I just kind of want to see him make a nice he, run through the playoffs. He's going to be turned for, for sure, right? You know, and, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think that'll just benefit the rest of the team. So I think against the uh, the Jets, um, but whatever. We got the we got the run game going a little bit, so. And I feel like it was it stalled out for a few games there, so I, yeah. wanna, I just want to see that keep going. I like that pick, and and, and <clears throat> I know all of us talked about it off air, but I think the Browns actually tipped their tipped their hand a little bit uh, in the Cincinnati game when they gave Jerome Ford a few carries and Kareem Hunt got none. I think that means a heavy dose of Kareem uh, Kareem Hunt going into the playoffs. So and rest him up. Yep, we'll see. Uh, mine, uh, we just mentioned him. Assuming he plays. Um, which, like you said, is not a given at this point. But assuming he plays, I'm going with Grant Delpit. Um, If he does play, I think he comes back rested and ready to go, picks up right where he left off. Um, He's going to be revved up because he's missed a few weeks, hasn't hasn't been collecting those stats on a huge year that he's had. Uh, He did get voted as a Pro Bowl alternate. He's probably turned about that. Uh, But I expect big things from him. If he does not go... I'll give you a backup one. I'm going Elijah Moore for all the same reasons you said for uh, David and Joku. Uh, and we did this a couple weeks ago. We, we picked this opposite. I picked uh, Najoku and you picked Elijah Moore for the exact same reasons. Uh, but I think one of them had a big game. I think Elijah Moore had a touchdown in that one. I think that was his concussion game. Until he got concussed, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I like Elijah Moore. He's he's kind of started to come on of late uh, towards the end of the season with Joe Flacco at quarterback. So I like him picking up a lot of the uh, receptions uh, if they are blanketing Amari Cooper all night. Like it, and that'll take us to the King of the North. North. Yeah. 
All right. So in case anyone doesn't know by now, this is our year-long AFC North Pick'em competition. At the end of the season, whoever comes in last place gets punished. Uh, in the offseason this past year, Kenny had a gross of eggs thrown at him by fans of the Muni lot before a preseason game. Kenny, how'd it feel? Just never let me forget, will you? Nope. Absolutely not. Uh, and I froze half the eggs, so it hurt real bad, and he cried all day. Uh, we're still working out the punishment for this year. Guys, off the top of your heads, Kenny? Foot rub, hand job. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Bone? Uh, forced to eat. Uh, samples of stinky cheeses. Oh, nice. I like this one. I don't like that. All right, so let's get into this. First things first, I want to remind everybody that up until about two minutes from now, I am still the reigning, defending, undefeated, <laughs> undisputed king of the north. And Kenny is where he belongs in last place, uh, which we'll get to. So, um, Also, in case anyone hasn't noticed, we've added our trusty board up bone man to the competition this, this year. We've added Bone Man to the competition this year, uh, but he did not disappoint. So what were the final standings, you're wondering? Uh, well, I will tell everybody what the final standings were. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> no one would know. Uh, bone, the Bone Man, has come in and immediately taken over. Instant impact. As King of the North. He is 33-23 and 23 to finish the season. I finished in second place at 31 and 25, and Kenny is right where he belongs in last place at 25 and 31. And that's it. Bone is the new king of the, the North. North. Man, I can't believe I had to give up my crown. But, but you know, you're, you're still the jester here, so how does that feel? I'm just glad you didn't win again. Well... <laughs> <laughs> then you have to listen to that for a whole other year? Yeah, because at least we'll, or Bone will <laughs> be uh, humble. Yeah, humble about it. Yeah, I may never talk about it. That's a bad move. That's a bad move. <laughs> He'll just wear the crown. And I'll be, it. I'll be uh, boisterous for him. Uh, Bone, how does it feel? How does it feel to be I, king of the It's board? a year-long uh, accomplishment. That is a well, well yeah. done. I mean, this is a new honor that I've never had in my life. <laughs> it We're, feels good. Where does um, where does it rank among other honors? I can't wait have? to tell my wife. <laughs> you think you'll get some yeah. action tonight? Possibly. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he's the king of the north. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> honey, I'm the king of the north. <laughs> I mean, when I last year when I won and went home, you know, my wife's pants hit the ground. But I can, I can only imagine. I'm <laughs> I apologize. That. I, uh, but anyways, uh, guys, for fun, since there are three AFC North teams in the playoffs, we'll go ahead and keep picking uh, those games for as long as any of those teams are in the playoffs. So this week, uh, we've got the Steelers traveling to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Uh, Kenny, who do you got here? We're well, just going to pick playoff matchups? No. This is King of the North. This isn't King of the playoff matchups. Yeah, but what if all of the North teams are eliminated this year, this week? All right, I guess we'll go back to the playoff picks. Let's just run through them real quick. No, let's, uh, let's just do this this week because there's still three teams left. But as a team's dwindle, we may have to just switch back. No, nah, we're going to playoff picks. Okay. Uh, so this week we've got Buffalo versus Pittsburgh. Kenny, who you got? Uh, I'm going to go Pittsburgh. I think they're tough out right now, even without T.J. Watt. That team has just been playing well the last couple of weeks. Uh, Mike Tomlin's got those guys ready for action, and I think we are the toughest division in football. So I think even though – uh, Buffalo looks good. I think Pittsburgh really has a shot to win this thing. Bone, who you got? I am going to go Buffalo. Just home game, and they've been playing. They've been playing well. Josh Allen's been playing good. 
Yeah. Uh, I am actually going to go. Oh, this is a Ooh. tough one for me. I'm going to go Pittsburgh as well. Nice. Um, I would agree with the fact that Buffalo has been playing very well lately. Um, it's predicted to be cold, if I'm not mistaken, in this one. But um, the AFC North is a tough division. Um, and Pittsburgh has been playing just as well as Buffalo the last month or so of the season. So, um, And Buffalo has had some really weird like bouts of just being awful this year. They've just, to me, they've underperformed just like Kansas City has all year. I mean, this is a team we were talking like six games ago about their coach possibly getting fired. Right. Um, and they've just not looked I guess like... we talked about that with Pittsburgh, too. And But Pittsburgh's always trying to fire Mike Tomlin. And now they can't because he made the playoffs again <laughs> they, with an ass team. But, they always want to fire him. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm going to go Pittsburgh. Uh, next up, we got Kansas City versus Miami. Uh, Bone, who you got? Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go Miami. Miami, nice. Uh, I, think I think teams, their offense. You think they can this week? Yeah, right? I think their offense yeah. is. Just, they're going to go off. Tyreek's going to be, you know, amped up, and Tua's going to. Uh, I didn't play even really think about well. that. Playing a so, former team. Uh, yeah, I, I want to see him. I want to see him win too. I want to see Kansas City lose. I want to see you. I want to see it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not a sponsor, <laughs> Kenny. Who you got in this one? Um, I really want Miami to win this game so that the Browns can have a home game in the next round. Um, but That'd it's be dope. supposed to be like negative two, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like negative thirty wind chill on, yeah. on oh, man. whatever day they play it. this weekend. Um, Tyreek's used to that though. There, yeah. There's yeah. Le- legitimate talk about them like moving the game to Indianapolis, which I don't think is going to happen. But they're they're considering it because it's going to be so cold that it's going to be dangerous for fans. Um, oh, I'm so sick of this. Assuming they play in Kansas City, I'm going to go Kansas City in this one just because I think Miami's probably just a little softer than Kansas City when it comes to the weather. Yep, I got Kansas City as well for all the exact same reasons. As soon as I saw the weather report, I was like, whew, uh, Miami boys ain't going to last up yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, so. just throwing a ball in that cold, dense air, like, it's just not going to fly. On top of the fact that Miami can't beat good teams, so. Yeah, true. There's that. Um, and then finally, Houston and Cleveland. Uh, we'll save that one. And we'll go over to the NFC. Um, let's start with the uh, Dallas Cowboys versus the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Kenny, I know who you're picking, so you go ahead and pick first. Yeah, I'll go Dallas. Uh, <laughs> I think um, they get the home the game. The love affair with Dallas this year has been something fun the, to watch. I was. I've I don't love them. Yeah, I don't even like. Do. I don't even like the Cowboys. You I just, love them. I just. If think, you love them so much, why don't you marry them? I just think this is the best. The best team they've had in a few years in terms of making a run. So yeah, I'll go Dallas. You think over Dak Green Bay. Prescott is the truth? I do think Green Bay's been playing really good football the last few weeks. So I think this will be a close game. But I think Dallas pulls it out. Uh, I'll pick next. Uh, I actually have Dallas, too. <laughs> For all the shit that I just gave you, I've got Dallas, too. I don't think Green Bay is that good. I know they've been playing well lately, but I don't. overall, I don't think they're that great of a team. Bone, who you got? I got Dallas as well. The, the CeeDee Lamb has been playing out of his mind. So That's true. He's going he's 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 to be a top game. five fantasy pick next year. Yeah. Um, next up here, uh, L.A. Rams uh, at Detroit. Uh, Bone, who you got? I'm gonna go LA. I talked about them a little earlier. I think their offense has packs a lot of uh, packs a lot of punch. Punches a lot of pack. Um, they're gonna do. They're gonna do some good things. <laughs> they do something yeah. over there. Uh, but uh, Kenny, who you got? Um, I'm going with the superior quarterback in this one, Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions, because nice. he's just better than Stafford. There you go. <laughs> Uh, I've got Detroit as well because I'm pulling for a Detroit-Cleveland Super Bowl. So, uh, <laughs> so they have to win? Yeah, they have to win. Plus, it's my dad's favorite team, so I'm going to go with them. I, I kind of have – I think it's going to be really close. Whoever wins is going to win by like a field goal, but I got I got Detroit. Um, and then finally, Tampa Bay versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, 
<sighs> this one's tough uh, because Philadelphia has just been so so much of a roller coaster this last like month and a half or so. Um, I'm going to go Philly in this one. I think that they can uh, rally, and uh, Baker's a little bit banged up uh, coming into this game, so uh, I, I like Philly to take him out. Uh, Bone, who you got? I'm going Tampa. I just, I'm just rooting for Baker. Fair. Kenny, who you got? I'm going to go Tampa as well. Home game in the playoffs. I think that that, that whole team is going to be turned to be back. Um, and uh, I just think Philly has some fundamental issues that are not going to go away in a week's time. Fair. Uh, and so we'll close this thing out uh, and we'll go to the game that we all care about, uh, that we will be glued to, uh, the Browns versus the Texans. Um, let's start with Kenny. Who you got? Uh, Browns win this one. I do think it's going to be closer than most people think. I think this is a high scoring affair. I'm going to go 33, 28 Browns win. Wow. That's a big score. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, I got the Browns winning as well. I mentioned, uh, in my eyes, the number, uh, 24, uh, it's kind of like the sweet spot. I think if we get over 24, we win the game. Uh, I like the Browns 27 to 20 in this one. Oh, I forgot to describe how they're going to win. Uh, how are they going to win? CJ Stroud's going to have the ball with like less than two minutes left, no timeouts, and drive and like literally almost make it. And then the defense is going to come up big. Like finally in the, in the last. Uh, nice. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Bone, what do you got in this? I I have the Browns and uh, <laughs> Kenny said thirty three and I was going to say thirty three twenty four or not. What did you say? You said thirty three twenty four. Thirty three twenty eight. Twenty eight. I all right. Thirty three twenty four Browns. All right, there it is. Uh, and so that'll do it for us here as far as our picks go. Um, Bone, once again, congratulations, the new king of the north. Yes, well done, well done. Uh, right. Feels bad. Uh, we would give this to you, but you don't have a uh, – well, I mean, it's yours, but we brought it back over here, and it's going to stay here sure. for now because yeah. you don't have a camera on you yet. So uh, When you get to a camera, you can wear it. Yeah, when you get a camera, it can sit over on your desk there. <laughs> um, but until then, it's ours. Uh, so let me remind you to call the Burning River Sportscast. Don't forget to call and leave your hot takes on a hot take hotline. Remember, these are hot takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. 3302278080. That'll do it for us. What can we expect next week's coming? And what we can expect next week is a huge Browns playoff victory against the Texans. We will break down whatever happens this weekend and hopefully be preparing for another round of the playoffs. TBD, who we're playing, where, when. The divisional round. um, All we know is, yes, it will be the divisional round if we make it that far. Um, And uh, we will, uh, we're still trying to, Pin down that final interview as Ronnie mentioned earlier in the interview with uh, for our Browns fan crews, um, and then we are uh, also looking to have another Browns backer on next week to talk playoffs. Uh, big thanks to the Browns backers of Honolulu for joining us today. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And check us out on social media. Tapping Media is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Tapping Media and Burning River Sportscast. That's this. this podcast is on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Burning River Sportscast, and on X at Burning River Pod. You can find us wherever you get your podcast. I'm talking Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Podcast, Castro, Good Pods, and so many more. And Kenny, do you know what that takes us to? Facts for days. Do. Facts for me. Here we go. I'm 
excited. Mm. <laughs> you almost sang that. That was, that was I realized halfway through that it was a song. <laughs> and then it just started coming out of me. I don't Number know. one. Yeah. Your brain. My brain. <clears throat> Mine specifically? Yes. Oh. No, but all brains. Oh, okay. Your brain is okay. constantly eating itself. No. This process is called phagocytosis, where cells envelop and consume smaller cells or molecules to remove them from the system. What? Don't worry, though. Phagocytosis isn't harmful, but actually helps preserve your gray matter. Oh, gray matter. That's the good uh, stuff. Interesting. Yeah. We need, we, need, we need the cytosis to help us with the... Phagocytosis. Phagocytosis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need that he's, to help he's us He's afraid of that one. <laughs> <laughs> Not going there. He saw Chappelle get canceled for yeah. that one. <laughs> please, please don't cancel us. We've already canceled ourselves. Number two. This one probably will uh, draw some debate here. Uh, there mean, is no such thing as a straight line. Zoom in close enough to anything, any line, and you'll spot irregularities. Even a laser beam is slightly curved. What? Weird. <laughs> Why? Is it like gravity? It's just impossible to draw a straight line. How would a, how, how's a laser beam not straight? It's all. It's got to be curved because of the light particles. You're a light particle. This is bullshit. <laughs> I call it bullshit. Okay. <laughs> I knew it would draw some How do higher. rainbows work? <laughs> Exactly. That's true. Yeah, I guess he's right there. I didn't even think about curved light. Yeah, absolutely. Number three. All right. Platypuses. Multiple platypuses. Any platypus. Oh, just like singular or multiple. Oh, a platypus. A platypus. Like like uh, possessive. Just no plural. Like platypuses. The whole all of them. Uh, Platypi. Oh, platypi. (laughs) (laughs) Platypudi. They sweat milk. Oh, nice. This is because they don't have teats. <laughs> well, dang. <laughs> so milk appears as sweat on a platypus, but it's actually an aquatic mammal, so it actually doesn't sweat at all. It just milks. <laughs> it just, what? It just milk seeps through its skin. But, but why? Isn't a platypus a marsupial? It's an aquatic mammal. Doesn't uh, they have a pouch, though? I thought they had pouches. No teats. No teats, but they got a pouch, <laughs> and they're a mammal. Somehow. Which <laughs> sounds like a problem, but don't just be a part of the problem. Be the whole damn problem. And only you can prevent river fires. Burning river sportscast. Burning river. Burning river. Burning river. Burning river sportscast. Burning it up. Burn. I'm just burning it up. We didn't start the fire. No, no we, we didn't start it, but we tried, tried to fight it. We didn't start the fire. What did we just say? <laughs> <laughs> Did fire? Uh, start. We all knew the words. I mean, <laughs> burning rivers. We all knew yes. the wrong words to the song. <laughs> How does this happen? It's a Mandela effect. Burning rivers. Burning, burning. If you haven't got your tickets to the Browns fan cruise yet, you're wrong. You're wrong. Don't be wrong. You know platypus are poisonous too. Uh, <laughs> to eat? Like they're just po- they, they're poisonous. Like to touch? I don't really know the, <laughs> the rest of that, but it's not a very good I know fact. they're also poisonous. poisonous. Platypus. platypus. Yeah, I think if they poison. bite you, they're poisonous. They have duck bills. Have you ever seen the teeth of a duck? <laughs> now there's one. Check that shit out. Burning Rivers! Sportscast. Good night, Cleveland. Browns fan crews and the Burning River Sportscast. What better combination could you possibly think of? Motorboat? You play the motorboat? You motorboat son of a bitch. You old sailor, you. You know what I was thinking during that interview? What? What were you thinking? Nothing because you don't have thoughts because you're a brainless idiot? 
Wow. My name is Uhtred, son of Uhtred. By the way, I want my foreskin back. Hey, it doesn't matter what you think. As people went down, just like in a military organization, somebody else stepped up. So the corporal became a sergeant, and the sergeant became a lieutenant. And it just, it's just absolutely amazing. The weather outside is weather. The other one, the finger, the finger eating food fingers. Yes. Uh, ejaculate all over my body and my genitals. Yes. And this mantra is said over and over and over again. Browns fans are everywhere. Don't watch a Browns game by yourself. Get out there. Look in your local area. You know, bang the trees. Find somebody and then get with the Browns fans. That's the best way, play. That's the best way to watch a Browns game. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? Um, All I do is win, 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 no matter what. They called my house on three-way, and um, <laughs> I mean, I was fooled. I, I straightened up. I was like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I remember one of my friends was like, uh, this goddamn Bobby Bowden. I mean, he, he had his voice down. <laughs> He was like, I'm looking for Mr. Josh Crib. I mean, it was his voice. I can't I can't reenact it, but my friends, as soon as I said something to the firm, to the affirmative, like, yes, sir, coach, I mean, I heard all these different voices laughing and snickering and oh, we got, you know, I was just so embarrassed. I mean, when I last year when I won and went home, you know, my wife's pants hit the ground. Erroneous. Erroneous on both counts. Oh, wow. But damn. The leaves are weak. The leaves are weak. Fucking leaves are weak. You're weak. You know why, mister? Because you drove a Hyundai to get here tonight. I drove an $80,000 BMW. That's my name. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Now, I think we've officially lost all of our more conservative viewers. Uh, so, <laughs> I don't think they want to listen any longer. This is, this is just happened? It's Mother Nature. Where's Logo Girl when you need her? I desperately want to make love to Cheese we girl. need cheese girl now. Who's canceled now? Who's canceled <laughs> now? Probably me. You making fun of fat people? <laughs> I'm not. Just you. We're a whole race, basically. <laughs> no way. You just straight, just finger bang their salad. <laughs> you first get shocked, and then you get the shocker. <laughs> Today's episode was brought to you by Topath Vodka. Topath Vodka, an award-winning, ultra-premium, extremely smooth, high-quality vodka. Six times distilled and made from Midwest corn and Ohio fruit. Clean and crisp, a truly high-quality spirit made right here in Northeast Ohio. Available locally in Northeast Ohio and online in 44 states. Topath Vodka. Hey, Browns fans. This is your chance to join the company of some of the Browns' all-time greats on the first-ever Browns fan cruise. Picture this. 
for five unforgettable days. You're sailing across the beautiful Caribbean Sea, reliving the Browns' greatest moments, getting autographs, snapping photos, and celebrating on the beach with your favorite Browns alumni, like Josh Cribbs, Webster Slaughter, Eric Metcalf, and a dozen others. Book now and take advantage of our easy, budget-friendly payment plans on this once-in-a-lifetime, all-inclusive cruise adventure. The clock's ticking, Browns fans. To book your cabin and for more information, visit brownsfancruise.com or call 216-284-6472 today. Browns Fan Cruise, where diehard fans and Browns alumni come together for the trip of a lifetime. Don't wait. Secure your spot today and go Browns!